Salutations, everybody. It is Maddie here today with episode 118 of the Ham Radio Podcast. And it's me, Carrick, with ACG. It's just us right now. No loan. He's off being a marsupial. We have no idea it, what it, he's doing. I don't really like the three the threesomes anyway. It's yeah. just better with yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, he. Uh, what what did he say? He's do- oh he he's been traveling right. Yeah, traveling for work, something along those lines. So that's where loan is. We don't have a guest this week, so it's just a little Maddie Carrick. Lots of ranting is going to happen inevitably now. Uh, but anyway, thank you guys for tuning in to this episode. We've been seeing a lot of really consistent viewership and uh, listeners over the past, really the entire year so far. But it, it's just been really ramping up lately. So thank you guys so much for supporting the show. Yeah. If you'd like to support the show more, uh, feel free to donate to the Patreon. You can get early access to the podcast, be uh, registered to become a potential guest. So anyway... We got lots of news. We're also doing viewer questions this time around, so we're trying to bring that back a little bit. Uh, that'll be at the end of the podcast, as per usual. But uh, it's going to be, instead of just a segment called viewer questions, instead we're going to separate it by topics. So now let's get into the first piece of news. Take Two ideally wants at least one AAA game out per year. And Take Two owns a lot of really fantastic franchises that uh, we like. They They own, I think, Mafia... You know, Grand Theft Auto, Red Dead, um, XCOM, XCOM. There you go. There's one. Uh, Borderlands. Been talking about that lately. Bioshock. They own a lot, but since they own a lot, are we to fear that they're trying to get one of this sum of them all out each year? I mean, here's the thing: they get NBA 2K out every year, so it's That's like, true. is is that? Are they talking beyond that? I'd imagine. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, it depends how many. I, I wish we knew exactly how many teams they had, um, because like football, sports, those kind of things, like those aren't too hard, right? I mean, it's mm-hmm. same. You're regurgitating the same animations most no, of the time, not. but yeah, we're, oh, or we're not, or we're having brand new <laughs> everything, brand but, new AI. I saw that in yeah. NHL eighteen, oh. and I was like, bullshit. <laughs> it still knows where the fucking goal is. Um, yeah. So yeah, you have that. It, it'll be interesting to see what their idea, because I think we sometimes, even you and I, but viewers and fans will blow it out of proportion and be like, oh, it's going to be this. I would assume it's it's they could use their yearly as a, a stopgap if they don't hit this number. But I, I, it, it really depends on how many um, teams they have. Because like, if they have four teams, then four years between the team turning over wouldn't be so bad. Mm-hmm. You know, be like team one, one year, team two, team three, and then start over kind of like what so, activision does with call of duty now three developers three year terms three studios um in with total, so. success that people could argue yeah that's the thing though. <laughs> but um i mean I, that might just boil down to the series itself but for me for sure. uh, i mean they got a lot to play around with so for, i'm not too concerned about this news i don't i don't think it personally calls for concern uh but i remember i think i think it was you i saw on twitter you were like uh, this isn't do you say this wasn't good or yeah well i just said so people saw that and they thought that's what I meant. And that's my fault. What I meant in the Twitter was that if you read even more into their announcement, they said the online elements of of um, GTA 5, they want to roll into other things. And I was uh. like, I don't want Red Dead, which is why I put Red Dead. And I was like, oh, God, I don't. I mean, we already know there's going to be like, what do you call them? Fucking horse cards or not shark cards, but whatever you want to call them yeah. in Red in Red Dead. And that scares the hell out of me because Red Dead's online when it started. I mean, I don't know about you, but I actually thought it was pretty good. I did. And over, did like t- over time, I think it's dramatically gotten worse. And 
I, I'm just nervous that, I mean, who wants fucking shark cards <laughs> and all this shit day one in a, in a red dead, right? Yeah. Like that just doesn't, I don't know. Yeah. That's what I was. So that's what I meant. Okay. Okay. Like, yeah. Then I'm, I'm totally with you. Yeah. It, I get GTA online has to be doing something good. There's so many players. There's still so yeah. many people buying the game. Um, so I'm not saying that because it's not for me, it's bad, but it's just, I, I feel like so many of the, the big fans of their Rockstar franchises will just use it as an example, want those more like Ballad of the Gay Tony, you know, they, they want those single player DLC for those games. And when you add right. that online platform, Rockstar and Take-Two, they clearly see it as a way to continue making money. And it's smart because, you know, players are clearly having fun. Just for me personally, I I played GTA Online for uh, like 15, 20 hours. I was like, okay, you know, mm-hmm. that's it. And and what's funny is it had a pretty good structure, but a lot of what excited me released years later. I remember the initial trailer for GTA Online was like, do heists with your friends. And that wasn't fucking included yep. for years. And I remember saying yep. that and everyone was like, shut up, dude. Like, how could you hate on Rockstar after that? I'm like, they fucking promised me a part of the package in a trailer. Yeah, and it wasn't and, there. Yeah, it wasn't there for not even like a couple months after. It wasn't there for years. Years. That, that, I, that always consistently blew my mind. But, you know, I, I just hope like, for example, I could imagine heists in Red Dead Redemption 2 online. And I could totally see something really cool like a train robbery and dude that would be really exciting to do with a friend it's a matter of will they have it working at launch you know so that's why hearing those online components they want to roll them into all their games you know like yeah we want to play more online games we've been talking for a while how like we're missing that co-op gameplay a lot in the uh, industry so it's good that developers are looking to fill it but when it just becomes not a platform to innovate but a platform strictly to make money off of that's where we see uh, a really big issue, I think. Yeah, and um, you you sort of hit something on the head is the time it takes. So they're a great company, and they make really good stuff, but it takes them a long time. So anything that isn't there day one, there's a reason why it's not there day one. Heists, for example. And so if they say they're coming, then I think as much as I like their games, because, dude, I love GTA V. I mean, love it. Had some of the best. Hang on one second. I got to put on my sunglasses. My eyes are killing me. Okay. Oh my god. Um <laughs> man. Hang on. And it is I don't know what it's like there. It's super hot here and I was outside Decent on my deck for me 70s. Oh, I I was painting and my fucking oh. eyes cannot handle it. Um so w- when it comes down to it, uh, it, it I think I think what's going to matter is like the expectation that it could take a while and then if it does take a while, what do you get? Cuz with GTA 5, I felt we got a really great game. So people who argued with you and I about sieges, let's say, they felt they felt backed up by by what they were getting from from GTA five. Mm-hmm. But for me, what's happening is the online section getting worse and worse. The online, you know, you can only have our you can only use your stuff in public lobbies. You can only do and removing a little bit of the flexibility makes me nervous that that's what's gonna happen day one on Red Dead. Uh-huh. And then there'll be less of a way for you and I to argue for or against holding off on something else if they don't deliver it. And and that makes me a little nervous. Also, I mean, do you believe we're going to ever get a DLC like, uh, what is it, Lost? not Lost in the Damned, which was also there, but the Red Dead one, um, Undead Nightmare? Uh, do you? I mean, that, that was an insane DLC when you look at it. Yeah, and it was one of the best ever made. And that's why I, I wonder why they look at, you know, okay, we got this cool online platform, 
it worked for GTA. That doesn't mm-hmm. mean it's going to synonymously work with Red Dead. You know, I mean, right. Red Dead does have the platform, have the ability in the world to have some really cool gameplay moments for an online feature. But you know, maybe make it more mission structured or something along those lines. Because uh, you know, GTA Online, like I, I feel like I'm just kind of mindlessly attacking it, which I, I don't want to come across as. But yeah, it's just a matter of I think Rockstar has proven. Uh, naturally, of course, that they can do single-player expansions very right. well. Um, I think, you know, some people have said before they liked some of the GTA 4 DLC more than the game itself. And so, yeah. I think that Lost speaks volumes. Lost in the volumes. for me. Yeah, for I sure. think that speaks volumes. And same thing with Undead Nightmare, where they're like, I think I like that as much as the base yeah. game of Red Dead. You know, Did I you think... play it, Maddie? Yeah. Did you play that? Yeah. What'd you think? I love it, dude. I love it. Yeah, I... The... I, it's, it's a game in and of itself. Exactly. I see. That's the thing is, I was kind of late to the Red Dead party because I've, I've tried it mm. so many fucking times, and I couldn't get into it. And, and like, sure. I think part of it was a little bit of the excitement of the initial announcement of Red Dead Two. But I was like, all right, let me just just take another crack oh. at it. And that time right. it worked. And I think some of it was the hype. But I finally like I saw it. I was like, okay, okay, I like this game now. You know. <laughs> and so um, that that's kind of where I sit on Red Dead. I'm not like, and I've never claimed to be a super big fan. In fact, I'm I'm one of the weirdest Rockstar fans you'll meet because you know I think like Bully is the fucking best game the, they made. The shit, yeah, I, Bully, I, I and no DLC for Bully, right? Yeah, exactly. No DLC for Bully. A re-release a couple of times, but oh. no DLC. Um, they the, Skyrim the shit out of Bully. Yeah. let's be honest. Yeah, that, that, that shit's on Wii, Wii U, uh, Xbox 360. Now. PS4, PC, two or three times, like yeah. the what scholarship? Yeah, edition? I was gonna say the scholarship edition. Yeah, there's, there's like, there's like we added two classes edition, and you're all what the fuck? <laughs> but I, it doesn't matter because that's the thing. People may think that's negative, but the fact is, is that um, most of the time, the people who are talking about this absolutely adore the games. So they're just hoping that that continues. I mean, yeah. and I, I don't see anything wrong with that. I don't see anything particularly negative about saying that like online has been a little wonky lately and there are choices there um, or, because Red Dead's the new thing and we want rather, it to be good. Why not just a little bit of both? I mean, exactly. spread in too much, but it would be really cool to see like a single player expansion. Maybe it introduces some really cool gameplay mechanics and if it's really well received, they're like, all right, let's put that in the online and try to innovate on it there. I think that would be awesome too. So there's I have potential. a question for you. What? Um, so they do good DLC, and they they they're, they're online at times is good. We like them as a company. Um, Mafia Three released DLC, the new DLC, the um, the Murderer DLC is what I call it. I can't remember the name, but it's fantastic to the point to where I'm not going to eat crow and like change my review of the game because it's been patched and all that stuff, which is great. But it really showed that single player DLC today. Like now, today, because yeah. that's when it's released, can be good. And I, I, I don't know about you, but are there other examples of... So let's say Red Dead comes out, and it's great. And it's got all this stuff. Um, but we want to see more single player, let's say. Mm-hmm. Do you actually see them doing that? Because the only example I can come up with good single player DLC right now that's a full thing um, actually is Mafia 3, which I can't believe I'm saying that out loud. Yeah. But is there any other that I'm forgetting? Um, uh, what did Fallout 4 have? It had Far the Harbor, last which one. I, I Far said Harbor, which was, was uh, yeah, I said that was better than great story, way great story. better than the base game. Um, but no, now that you bring that up, now that you like bring it to attention, it's like, wait, <laughs> hold on, like what are good single player DLC? I think I haven't played it. I've seen, so I'm not going off experience here. I've seen good things with Neo. 
So um, there's that. Let me look at my game rack. Wait, uh, does Neo have an expansion? Neo a has DLC? a bunch of DLC, dude. Tons oh, of Oh, dude, updates. I haven't got it. I've never got a chance Tons. to return it's to actually, it. Actually, oh. it's crazy. I remember Good when, for them. when yeah, I was playing it uh, like the month of launch, and they announced like a mm-hmm. there was like a new I think try or a boss rush mode. Um, there was going to be like DLC that takes you to new areas. There's a couple of those now. Uh, I haven't had a chance to play it. I really want to get to it, but um, from what I've heard, it's pretty good. So um, it's one of those examples. I think some developers shy away from it because it can take um, – it, it might end up being a waste of money because you'll have yeah. an example like Mafia 3 where you know they, they have the base game and then they release the DLC and it's so much better in the base game. It, it almost yeah. makes them look foolish. Exactly. No, it you're might, right. And it might not sell well either. And it's like right. oh, too little, too late. Sorry, uh, Hangar exactly. Thirteen. Uh, but on the other hand, I like how w- w- we used Fallout Four as an example. I like how we saw Bethesda. While I think most of the DLC was fucking silly, like the the settlement stuff, they they yeah. did a good job of saying like, "Here's Far Harbor, where you know you, your special stats play into effect. You had a lot of choices to make with some some good impact. Uh, there were some well written side quests." You know, they, it was like you could see there them saying like, "Okay, we can make an RPG." Like, what do you think of this? And then they put mm-hmm. out Nuka World afterwards, which was quite literally. I liked it, but it was more of the same. It was explore, yeah, right. kill, scavenge, recycle, that type of stuff. And you know, how do fans respond to that? So, if anything, I think DLC is important not just because it's more content, but because because it lets you you know interpret what those hot fixes, those changes that fans mm-hmm. are asking for what kind of impact they have on the game and what that's you a can good see point in future uh, future entries in the title. That's actually a really good point that. So a lot of times when you get a patch list and you'll be like, okay, there's 800 patches. I may never not, I may never revisit some of this shit. Mm-hmm. Like I may never see this new skill or, or whatever, but with a DLC single player or even multiplayer, that is one nice thing about them is that a lot of times they come with the, you know, it, in packaged in, you can go, oh, okay, I can see how this is impacting yeah. or how this has improved it. Back to these guys in particular, I just, the only thing I'm worried about is the fact, you know, like I said, is, is just the online bit. I think the yearly stuff is fine if they have four to five studios because you have a, you know, four to, four to five year turnaround. And I think for most devs, they would agree that that's getting either too long or too short and that four years is about right. So I, I'll have to look. I'm sh- I think they have more than four. Teams, yeah, they, they definitely do. I mean, take two for I, 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 that's the thing. I want to say for all their flaws, uh, outside the modding thing, I haven't seen them get really much negative right. press. Uh, like I said, I'm just going off top of my head right now, but um, you know, they definitely own a lot of good studios, and you don't see them yeah. milking them to some extent. I think GTA Online is just the only thing they're kind of just like constantly with, yeah, so yeah, definitely. Yeah, but as for the DLC thing, that's interesting. Yeah, they, they can really uh, show a transformation of a title. It's exciting. Uh, one example, it's not a, a single-player game, but The Division. We talk about that a lot on the show, and that's yeah. one that, you know, really, you saw a player surge from its DLC. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious, uh, we'll hop to this bit of news now, because I think it's a good transition, and, and those types of things turn me on, is, um, you know, the new content coming for For Honor. We got two new seasons of content, dedicated servers, I mean, these are changes we were just saying needed to happen. We need more content. We need to know when it's coming, and we need to know I mean, we need dedicated servers because peer to peer fighting someone across the goddamn uh, planet that's not going to work. Right. So, what do you think? Do you think this is enough to save it? We're going to see a siege here. 
No, I think it's awesome. I think the last four players who are now playing For Honor will have dedicated servers. <laughs> that was actually a, a joke stolen from Reg, uh, one of my friends. It, it was uh, it literally made me crack up. It, it. I think that dedicated should have been day one. And you, so when you talk to you know any gamer and peer to peer is brought up, you know you start to really get a lot of excuses for why it's there versus pluses, right? Because normally. When you're talking about anything, you're always talking about the pluses, and then you go to the negatives. But it's weird about that one particular element. There's almost never a real positive. It's just an excuse for the negative that it, that it has. And so to me, I personally would have loved for them to have had both options, day one, peer-to-peer, because I do know some people, because of where they are, they don't have the ability to use dedicated servers, so peer-to-peer would work for them. And then, and then dedicated. I would love to see more options for gamers because if you're asking somebody to fork up sixty bucks, and then their internet fee and maybe a VPN fee and a this fee and a that fee, my personal belief is that you just give the op, you give more options. And um, I don't know why dedicated wasn't in day one for a game like yeah. that. No, I completely agree. So you don't think, based off what we were just talking about, you know how DLC can really change a game you don't think with some extra classes and dedicated servers that's enough to maybe see a, a bit of a resurgence well i don't remember what you thought of this game so i'll say my part and then i'd like to hear what you thought so okay. uh, for example rainbow six siege i liked rainbow six siege day one i liked it a lot mm-hmm. and i there were issues with it but that doesn't mean it, no game's perfect is has it improved uh by leaps and bounds it's almost it, it's still the same game but it's almost not the same game because it's improved so much and it saw a huge resurgence. So For Honor could see that. But I will say that one issue For Honor has that that the people that you know follow the channels and they talk to us on Twitter and stuff that I hear a lot is the DLC weirdness and the uh, the purchase the microtransactions weirdness. That kind of stuff also I, I think needs a keen eye from Ubisoft to go okay if if we're going to continue having our monetization like this, we need to explain to gamers why it is because it is a little odd compared to most other games. They need to fix some other stuff because just because technically it will work better doesn't mean that somebody will say, I want to jump into a game I have issues with outside of technicalities. Mm. So, but what did you think of rainbow six siege? Same. I liked it a lot at launch. I thought Mm -hmm. it was excellent personally and i uh, like I, I said this a couple episodes ago biggest regret not putting that on my game of the year list would have been oh. right up there um but yeah I, I loved that game and yeah as i saw it improve more and more it kept pulling me back in and the i i say this to this day as well only reason i stopped playing siege is because I, I started playing overwatch and it was just like all right i put like 80 hours in the siege it's enough i'm gonna move on to overwatch now and that just kind of took the cake for me and I, I put like 250 into that so far so you know i i think we'll see a bit of a resurgence just because of Ubisoft's history. But my question is this is it's good to see these games recover and rebound, but I'm kind of tailing off of what you said. Why don't we see this upfront at launch? Why don't we see the explosion at the gates? Is this a bit of, um, there's a term I heard. It's called feature delay. We're like, do you think they, they, they hold back on this stuff to just keep it going to just, you know, they get all the money up front from the sales and they get some people afterwards. They see a dip. Okay. Dedicated servers, new content, Oh, we're back, we're back, you know, and, and then they get more sales again. Do you think this is a part of possibly their plan? Because, for example, people think they're doing that with Battlefront 2. They think Battlefront 2, there's going to be feature delay with Galactic Conquest. It's been the biggest requested feature since the announcement of EA acquiring the Star Wars license and putting dice on Battlefront. They were like, we want Galactic Conquest. And people are thinking 
with Battlefront 2, they've been listening to everything. Why ignore that one feature? Otherwise, it would be DLC. And you think if they're trying to sell the game more, they would have announced it by now, right? So people think it's feature delay for that too. So do you think that's what Ubisoft's been doing here with both even Siege, which we both like, but also For Honor? I mean, it's possible. The, the thing is, is we, we surround ourselves with like-minded individuals. So just because I would agree with a lot of what was just said doesn't necessarily mean that statistically it's right. Mm-hmm. And so you'll hear publishers and developers uh, when they announce, for example, if they're publicly traded and they have their, their announcement meetings, which I was reading to you prior to the podcast for mm-hmm. Capcoms, um, it can be quite surprising at times. Uh, you'll be like, whoa, really? They're this and like, we didn't think that. That's because we're gamers who don't have an inside scoop on the company yeah. and we don't know what their plans are. So has it happened before? It absolutely has because for many developers, a feature isn't a feature is DLC in a way. So it depends on who you're talking to. But then you start getting into the morals of it all. And I don't really believe at that point, it's beyond even our ability sometimes to discuss. And I know that other people discuss it, but it's like, do they do it on purpose? And is it nefarious to keep people buying it or to keep people returning? But here's the thing. If you and I had the choice, right? Because games are released every day. So if we don't get a chance to play a game that released last week, there's even less chance the next week. Uh, would you agree? Because there's so many games being released? Yes. Okay. So wouldn't you be more inclined to jump into a title that was considered by many to have almost everything it needed to be successful day one versus a patched title? And additionally, when you talk to developers and they have a problem day one, there's a, a, another comment that they'll say, which is that you will never capture the day one emotion ever again. It'll never be there. Yeah. The bump, the bump of PR, it, because companies literally won't cover it. They'll cover Mafia 3 had issues day one, but they won't cover a Mafia 3 DLC review. We've seen that. Mm-hmm. So I think most companies probably are like, let's get what we can in there. But again, it's cost too. Like, you know, dedicated servers, how many people are we going to have play? Maybe we hold off on that because it's going to cost us a ton for Amazon Azure servers if that's what they're using. Okay. I mean, maybe? I don't know. No, you make a good point there because – so wait, let me let me just uh, verify something. What were you exactly asking, you said, between a game that, quote, featured oh, yeah. that you buy a patch for and DLC – or a patch title yeah. and a title that has everything up front? Yeah, so what I'm saying is what what do you think would garner the most excitement from you as a gamer, uh, as you, as Maddie? If I said, if hey, I was Maddie – buying this weeks later? Yeah, yeah, or months later, if I said, hey, they finally fixed. I mean, l- just listen to the the description. Hey, Star Wars Battlefront has everything day one, dedicated servers, peer-to-peer if you need it, bots, Galactic Conquest Edition, and it's out tomorrow, okay? Mm. So that's one thing I say. Or what if I say six months after the game's out, hey, they finally added Galactic Conquest to Star Wars. That makes you want to like, buy it more. It, it does, but it will never get back to the huge excitement you had when somebody says, it's it's on, today it's on. Yeah. Instead, it's it's this disconnect where one YouTuber and one Twitter person say, oh, this is coming out. And I, I personally, if it was me, I would be much more interested in the title with everything day one mm-hmm. or as a solid package. How about that? Just okay. a incredibly yeah. solid, uh, worthwhile package day one. I think there, there is more to a degree. As much impact as someone who, uh, for example, we'll talk about Battlefront 1. They heard at launch, oh, this is okay framework, 
but we don't have enough content here. All mm-hmm. right, I'm skipping it. Six months down the line, oh, you know, the Rogue One expansion, and, and look at this one, too. They're doing the Death Star, and, and they're adding so much content, and, and then a season pass sale. It's like 10 bucks, um, or the Ultimate Edition, 10 bucks, and, and you get the whole game and all the DLC. You know, that can also be really impactful. We were like, okay, I skipped that on this half a year ago, but now it's looking more like the game I wanted. And uh, so, at that time, I would agree. But in those six months, if you yeah. had had everything day one, that person might have been buying your microtransactions. Exactly. Yeah. So, so you've lost out. You made your 10 bucks so much six months later. Yeah. There is. There <laughs> is. And that's good because I think a lot of gamers don't even, you know, w- w- there's so many things to sort of take track of. Mm-hmm. It can be difficult to understand, like all the little idiosyncrasies. But it is. I would much rather have a day one person there for six months to possibly get some new cosmetics they liked and be really happy with the game and telling people and doing Let's Plays and doing Overwatch Twitch play. and the Overwatch the, and then say, okay, we finally hit it. Oh, for example, a lot of the people that I say I like Rainbow Six Siege, they'll be like, well, I didn't like it day one. And that's the end of the conversation. And that, to me, I would say is probably a fairly large group of gamers. who are yeah. just like, sorry, buddy, there's something new tomorrow. Yeah, but I mean, Rainbow Six Siege is is a very special case because that's a it game is. that has more players now than when it launched. It just exploded it's, and has. It's that good, Maddie. Yeah, and I'm just like, that's that's insane to me. You know, usually you see the the crescendo uh, or, or the yep. nosedive is all the way up here, and then it comes down to the bottom. You know, six months later, but for Siege, it was up and then steady. It was like, okay, then <laughs> good for them that's- though. It's crazy. I, I think a lot of it's just luck too, because most comp- most you don't see that. So I think most companies wouldn't aim for that as their business plan. Yeah, a whole. I, I was funny enough just before the podcast. Like I discovered a couple of channels that just do siege content strictly, and it's like a fervent oh. community. Like Dude. I'm sitting there thinking, this is a whole quadrant that I didn't even know about. So right. it, it's pretty crazy to see how that just formed out of nowhere, really. So after that, let's talk about. We were talking about more DLC. And uh, Bethesda announced that, which just kind of caught me off guard, the title, uh, Wolfenstein 2 is going to have its own season pass. And I have the entire details for everyone listening right now. Just let me go ahead and get it up on my phone. It's entitled Wolfenstein 2 The Freedom Chronicles. And if you pre-order the game, you get an introductory chapter to the DLC. So The Freedom Chronicles is actually a trilogy of entirely separate adventure tales featuring three new characters doing battles against Nazis in other parts of the United States. The first is The Adventures of Gunslinger Joe, featuring former pro quarterback Joseph Stallion putting the boots to the bad guys from the ruins of Chicago to the vastness of space. Next comes The Diaries of Agent Agent Silent Death, the former OSS assassin Jessica Valiant, who must infiltrate Nazi bunkers in California to discover the secret of Operation San Andreas, and finally, Part 3, The Amazing Deeds of Captain Wilkins, recounting the heroic mission of U.S. Army Captain Gerald uh, Wilkins, who leads a mission to Alaska to disrupt Operation Black Sun. This season pass will be available for $25 or 18 euros, or it can be had for a little bit cheaper with the Wolf 2 Digital Deluxe Bonus Edition, <laughs> I hate that name, which sells for $80, or, you know, and there's basically every equivalent of that for $80. Um, pre-ordering either edition, like I said, will also net you the Freedom Chronicles Episode 0, a separate mission that introduces you to all three new characters. Um, episode 0 will also be included with the Season Pass, so you can still pick it up even if pre-ordering isn't in your bag. And yeah, that's it. So that is the Wolfenstein 
season pass. You're going That's to awesome. Yeah, you're going to California, Chicago, and Alaska. And what's funny is while I was playing Wolfenstein 2, because I had the, the chance to go to an event this past week, and I saw that you were in Roswell, New Mexico, and it didn't look anything like it. And I thought to myself, wow, they have a really good platform now if this game does well to just take you to different parts of the United States and show the battles there. And they do just that with the Freedom Chronicles. So for 25 bucks, three missions, I'd imagine they're a couple of hours each or something. Do you think this is going to be something that'll excite gamers? Yeah, uh, well, I, it sounds funny, but the middle one excites me the most because I'm a huge No One Lives Forever fan mm-hmm. with Kate Archer. And we'll never get another one because of IP hell it's in. But a female operative, like when you were talking about San Andre- going into Operation San Andreas, I was like, my brain was, of all the companies out there that could have the humor of a no one lives forever like monolith did it actually would be the guys who are making wolfenstein like they they do get it even though it's serious there are times where there's some funny bits god yeah and uh, that would be i i cannot wait to see and especially because they're talking about ex-operative i Mm -hmm. my hope is that some of those guys are like us and they're fans of no one lives forever and they're like you know because if it's just if it's just a skin replacement with a a gun it won't be as cool Mm mm-hmm but if it's like some changes to the gameplay, some different weapons, then you're talking about something that could be fantastic. If like, if this character plays not totally different, but somewhat different than this character on this season pass, that could make it really worthwhile. Yeah, I mean, I, I really hope so, because in Wolfenstein, the old blood we saw, I, I believe, and feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, but that's where we first saw they introduced the commander mechanic. So a little icon will pop up telling you where a commander was nearby. If he spotted you, he'd let everyone know. Reinforcements would keep coming until you took him out. That's in Wolfenstein 2 now. So I'm wondering if we're going to see feature if it's just going to be more of the same, or if we're going to see features that they're thinking about doing for presumably a Wolfenstein 3 in that DLC. I, I don't. I wonder how it's really going to go. Uh, because yeah. one of my, and I wouldn't say complaints, but concerns with Wolfenstein 2 was just that. I was like, it was really exciting, fast-paced gameplay. If it's not broken, don't fix it. But it did feel like more of the same. It wasn't mm-hmm. like that, uh, you know, you stealth the room, you'll probably inevitably get caught, and from there it's gone blazing. You know, there's no... There's a good amount of enemy archetypes, but it's usually just pop enough bullets into them, it's fine, not really targeting a weakness. And so um, that that was my one concern, was just the, the gameplay similarities. Whereas at least the old blood added that new stealth mechanic that, you know, taking at least stealth until you can take out the commanders, then maybe just blow the fucking room up. But, you know, I didn't see enough of that to really uh, get a full feel for it. But one thing, and I don't mean to repeat what I said in my video to those who are listening right now, uh, but one thing I thought was really cool was the wheelchair bit because you're, you're rolling around in this thing, so it's changing the movement, it's changing the locomotion of the gameplay you're used to in Wolfenstein, it's changing how you explore the level, and uh, you can't dual wield because you're you're moving the wheel with one hand, so you can only use one gun. So I thought that was a really good change, not only narratively but also in the gameplay wise. So I'm hoping to see yeah. more of that. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I I don't think that those guys are are typically sort of rest on their lore, laurels mm-hmm. kind of thing. They're, most of the time, I would assume they're probably aiming for an intelligent number of changes. Absolutely. Like that's the big thing. Um, like yeah. don't do too much and don't do not enough. So. Mm-hmm. I would love to see, like you said, the wheelchair section. I would love to see just a couple changes to some of the weapons, how they work. And then we talked about it in the Destiny discussion, and I still believe that the the first of the new Wolfensteins hit this pretty well. Um, I wasn't a fan, as much of a fan of the second one, but um, 
I want to see more of why these guys are badasses. Like, you know, I talked about this in the Destiny discussion where it's like, so this new guy's a badass, but like, how did he get mm -hmm. created? Like, what, what, because that sort of makes you go, oh, that's a monster. It's not just a skin, it's not, right? It's not just a reskin. Yeah. That's what interests me is what the, at, at minimum, what little tidbits of the story are they going to interject to make you go, dude, I need to take this bad guy out fucking ASAP. Like, mm -hmm big time and that's more exciting to me than almost anything else is like the little bits that they might add exploration that's why the season pass sounds awesome because to me i am a globe trotter i love games where it's like yeah. james bond where you know or, or indiana jones Resistance where you see that three is one I you're always flying around where you're mm -hmm. going from one end of the united states to the other oh halo almost all the halos are these huge treks where Love not it. only narratively but visually you can look back Alan Wake was another title where you could yeah, look back way that. down and go, holy shit, I started way down yeah, there. Yeah, you mentioned I love that, that. I love that in games. Yeah, Bioshock is one. Just every level Bioshock like a is theme. Great. It's a new area. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, that's, a, yeah, that's so a really good point. My fingers are crossed that, that they know that the, a couple things need to change. They don't do too much. I, I'm sure they're hiding some stuff from oh, they you guys, be, too. Yeah. I think for, like, Wolfenstein, The New Order, I mean, you think of how when we first were introduced to the series you know you had that stealth to action gameplay that yeah. big fucking robot dog boss i think it was um mm -hmm. that was insane you got into that big mech at one point so yeah they definitely keep their cards close to their chest um one thing i think i'm seeing them sell up front a lot is the atmosphere the story um two things that really caught me off guard were for example seeing nazi soldiers run down members of the kkk you know, that's just such a, like... Uh, it's a dichotomy, isn't yeah, it? Right? Yeah, right. It's like, whoa, that's that's strange. And um, also was, you know, seeing um, Frau Angler, I think her name is. I apologize if I got it wrong. Uh, like, practically fat-shaming her daughter and, and making her feel awful about, awful about herself, which, like, really, you know, you were like, I, you know, in this game, you're supposed to hate the Nazis. You know, you're not right. really supposed to sit there and go, like, oh, that's kind of mean. Like, you know, it's supposed not to feel bad. So... It's really uh, an interesting game in the narrative perspective more than anything for me so far because uh, they're humanizing this experience. It's, you know, you can make this badass killing machine, BJ Blazkowicz, and, but but they're humanizing it, which they did in the New Order. And I'm surprised how well they're carrying it forward in this one so far, at least from what I've seen. Yeah, that'd make me interested yeah, for sure to see those kind of things. Atmospheric, lots of uh, ambient conversations going on that you can just stop and watch the NPCs interact that bring the area to life. Like lots of stuff that you can miss, put it that way. If, if you just want audio by, logs, uh, not I, audio I'm logs. dying. Yeah, no, okay. actually, no, there's, there's papers. <laughs> Let me write down this oh. convenient note and leave it here in this little box. Well, that's, <laughs> no, that's it, it almost sounds better that way. Yeah, than no, an I know. Audio log. I'm just kidding. Okay. No, but they, you'll find like pictures and, and mm -hmm. old newspaper articles. Like one of the collectibles, a guy was standing there just holding the newspapers out on the street and you know i took one from him and it, it turned out to be a collectible so i like that one of them was picking up one of the books and and reading it so uh it was at like a, a vendor's stand or something so they're doing a good job just not what one thing we've kind of jokingly complained about but it actually is sort of justifiable is just mindlessly leaving collectibles about in the I hate secret yeah. area and instead you actually... putting it in a place that makes sense and you actually just made me interested by one thing you said which was it sounds stupid and I'm sure some people will be like, why does he care about that? But the idea that somebody's waving a newspaper and you can interact or not, but if you do, you find out that's a collectible. That's pretty rare. I can't mm -hmm. remember the last time where an item 
from a person was a collectible, but I can tell you the billions of times a diary is laying in the center of a road. And you're like, how the fuck did this? And, and I get that some people are like, I don't care. That's the, great. But some people do. And yeah. those collectibles, if there's a reason for me, there's more of a reason for me to get them mm-hmm. and look for them. Yeah, I'm sure there's the the simple ones. Like I saw I'm sure there, there there's uh, gold bars. And I'm sure those are just lying around. They got to be. But um, overall, I, I really liked what I played. I, I left the event like fully confident. I was like, this is going to be a great game. I'm pretty confident. They, they have a good idea of what made the first one good. What people kind of complained about with the old blood, because that one... I I thought was okay, but they they didn't have that same narrative push that like to tell that good story. Just kind of was like, eh, you know, here's more Wolfenstein, uh, which is what I'm kind of nervous about with the season pass is what I was getting to. Um, That's the one concern I have is because the old blood felt like it had a little less thought to it. Like they were trying to, I I remember the promotional videos for it. They were, they were selling the pipe the whole time. (laughs) These, uh, you know, it was like the new melee weapon, but you could use it like pry open shit. And it was such a simple mechanic, but they were using it as a selling point. So I hope uh, I'm not asking for a major gameplay overhaul, especially in a DLC pack that ends up being $5 more than the entirety of the old blood. But I'm hoping that um, they do add some new, fresh things to it with those expansions. But the Globetrotting Adventure still sounds fucking awesome in my book. Yeah, yeah, that that immediately excited me because I hadn't heard anything about Mm -hmm. what the actual missions were. I'm all over that. It's a shame we're going to have to wait till after launch to review it. <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> All that good press for uh, for a delayed review. Anyway, moving on. There were some interesting happenings on YouTube, and we're not really going to talk directly um, in a negative way, rather, about the creator, but I thought it would be good to offer our two cents because we both are heavily invested in the YouTube sphere about Angry Joe and the YouTube disconnect, we'll call it. Um, I got that term from Richard Review Tech USA. I think it was a great way of putting it. And basically what's happened, and Angry Joe made a response video to this, by the way, uh, for those who are just catching up now. But what happened was Angry Joe made a video saying, I'm basically taking a vacation from Angry Reviews. You're going to see content as per usual, but I'm just taking a break and Angry Reviews will be back in September. Um, before that he had made a schedule promising, I don't know if it was like an angry review, like every month, something along those lines, but put it this way, fans are pissed that he was taking the vacation, um, not living up to his end of the bargain. And so I felt this highlighted a bit of a disconnect because you could see why both sides are wrong. Like angry Joe obviously should have lived up to his side of the deal, but his viewership needs to realize that downvoting his content into oblivion becoming very toxic in the comments is not a way to to motivate a YouTuber to go out and make those reviews. And um, it's just one of those things where you see a lot of people assuming that YouTube's that very lazy job. It's not strenuous. It's not tough, but uh, or rather I shouldn't say it's not tough. It's not physically strenuous. And that's where people think, well, he just sits on his fucking ass. Like what's so hard about that? But you'd be surprised, especially when you got an audience like that, uh, who, who, not all of them, but there was a portion of them who were literally just tearing down his years of hard work since I'd say about 2012 when he really started making a name for himself. For himself, um, and so I wanted to get your two cents, Carrick, on what you thought about this whole disconnect between viewers and YouTubers in in this scenario in specific. Um, I mean, like, you, Joe put out the video. And I talked to him about it on on his comments. He put out the video saying, hey, you know what? I'm going to do 
what I can't remember what it was like a review a month or something. And I was like, and you know, we've talked a couple times on Twitter, a couple times in comments, not a ton, not personally or anything. Mm-hmm. And I was like, do what you have to do to like make sure it's you're enjoying yourself, that you're having fun. And <clears throat> then you know, a while passes, and he says, okay, you know, I've decided to take a vacation. And the fact is, is that I don't really think he did anything, anything wrong by saying what his plan was at the time. Like his plan at that time maybe was that, and then something popped up and you can't do it. Mm -hmm. You know, he he didn't have the time and so he decided to change it. And the fact is, is it's one of the reasons why, for example, you and I've talked about this because I think you mentioned it maybe last podcast, but there's times where you're like, I just don't want to look at comments. Cause it's just yeah, going to be after the podcast. You were just like, what are you doing this weekend? I said, nothing. I said, yeah, but, nothing. Yeah, I said, you nothing. Said, but I'm not I, looking at comments. Yeah, I was like, nothing's wrong with me. I said, I'm not pissed, not upset. I'm just, I just want to disconnect yeah. for a weekend. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, it's funny cause like I'll have viewers who are from your channel, come to my channel, comment on mine and vice versa. And we see negativity, even in the podcast, you know, you'll see, you'll see negativity, you know, about everything we talk about, anything we talk about. And we're just randomly talking, let alone if you put a video out and say, this is exactly what I'm going to do. But I would say that there's a disconnect between any creator, whether it be a movie star, uh, a person who makes films, a person who paints, whatever. Luckily, I've done a couple of those. So like I, I sort of knew what was prepared, what I was being prepared for. But it's like, I don't really see a problem with anything he did. It, it, number one, his videos are so beyond my own scope that it's difficult for me to say what would even go on behind the scenes. His, yeah. He's got costumes, he's got fucking sound effects, and he's got all this shit that is so far beyond me pushing enter and acting like an idiot for eight minutes. I mean, come the fuck on. So when I see somebody say, hey, Carrick is doing more reviews, or Maddie's covering more stuff and doing more reviews, those kind of things, I'm just like, it's not the same. Mm-hmm. He, he put out his video, which is on him, and then something's popped up, obviously, and he wants to take a vacation. I, the disconnect, I don't think, is alien. I think it exists everywhere. You always hear that you'd never want to meet your heroes. Yeah, That's because they're normal people. And whatever's happening, he's just like, hey, I need some time. And here's what matters to me, that the person's having fun. And the reason why is because if they're not, especially on a creative thing like making a video, you'll be able to tell. And if he's not having fun, then really the only thing anybody should care about is making sure that he's enjoying himself because you can be meaner, you can be funnier, wittier, faster, create more if you're having fun. If 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 you're mired in shit, then it's gonna be pretty it's gonna be pretty terrible. And I just don't have a judgment against anything that he did. People will always be jerks, so the people who are jerks for him, whatever. People are jerks to me, this so that such doesn't. It's a large portion, yeah. It it is, but I think a lot of it's because he's so good. Like, dude, I mean, oh yeah, I remember. It's because he's so good. Yeah, you look at his is free. We'll use the like to dislike ratio just as a sm- a small a small sample of what it's like. Where you'll see like his his angrier views are like forty two thousand likes to like one thousand dislikes, if anything. It's this insane fucking ratio. This insane viewership. And then, like, he'll make a video afterwards, you know, here's an Angry Joe plays, and it'll be, like, 2,000 likes and, and like, 500 dislikes. You know, they'll be like, yeah. there's not an angry review. Um, but I, I think the disconnect also 
comes in where people don't know how much fucking effort it takes. Uh, and I'm not talking about our own videos at this point. I'm talking about his. You know, it, it takes <laughs> so much time. Fucking green screen, like you said, costumes, those special effects, the sound effects. Uh, trying to do that type of stuff while avoiding copyright as well, which he does a pretty good job of. Sometimes he struggles and he'll get slammed a little bit. But, you know, that type of stuff is, especially his reviews are like 30 minutes long on average. You know, for me, I, I struggle to make my reviews, I'd say 10 minutes long. I don't sit down and say, this is how long I'm going to talk for. I just try to break down the game. And I know some of the time is filled in with skits in his videos, but still, man, I mean, he makes insanely detailed, long, informative reviews. It's like, you know, you, you got to accept at some point, especially because on top of that, where all that production value, all that time it takes, hours upon, like, f- fucking hours a week. And then he does the Let's Plays, he travels to game conventions and does interviews and shit. Like, the man takes Edits. it all on. And, and you got to wonder, like, how much more do you want from him? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I get people's disappointment, yeah, but same. you can be disappointed in not seeing Star Wars because it's been delayed, but that doesn't mean you hate the person. I mean, you, you don't always hate the person who's doing it. Sometimes factors pop up. Mm-hmm. And so, to me, that's what's happened. Yeah, and a viewer or a fan of his on his Reddit uh, broke down, like, the number of angry reviews he did every single year. And he, he's done about, like, 10 to 12 for the past, like, three years. And he's already at 10. It's, it's July. So he's well going to surpass last year's total. Hmm. So people are, like, saying, there's hardly any angry reviews, yada, yada, yada. And, and what Joe said in his response video, he's like, that's not it at all. He said, in fact, it's an explosion of my other content that you guys yeah, right. are just having an issue with because it's right. not what you want or the idea that you can get more of my angry reviews if I'm not doing this. And it's like, no, that's not going to happen because we're, we're doing a great job of balancing all of it, especially because he'll he'll surpass it even when he comes back in September, no matter what. Mm-hmm. And I think that says a lot. I mean, I don't know. I, I think the biggest, biggest disconnect is always the you play video games, you sit, you talk, how hard is it? And... and a lot of it, I think, happens – it's a mental thing. You know, a lot of the, the struggle is in the head. It's not physical. Yeah, you're sitting in a fucking computer chair editing a video. It's, it, I'd be a big fucking pussy if I sat here and was like, oh, I'm so tired. But it's a mental that thing that wears you down. When you read that shit constantly, you'll see a bad comment. You'll be like, you shrug your shoulders. But it sits with you a little bit longer in your subconscious than you imagine. And, and you see enough of those, and it starts to tear down your energy, your motivation. And then we have – what happens where you see YouTubers, it's not just a fucking thing where YouTubers get lazy coincidentally. Why do you think so many of these creators sit down and go, I'm taking a vacation, yada, yeah. yada, yada? You know? I, I posted that on my Twitter. I was like a couple weeks ago mm. about vacations. I was like, there's a reason why a yeah. lot of people take a va- sit down and take a vacation. And yeah. it's they are taking a vacation. They're stepping away. Yeah, I mean, for me, I don't announce it because I'll just say, okay, I'm going to sit down, bust my ass for like three days and, and crank out some videos and schedule them all. And then I'll take my own personal vacation. I don't have to fucking let everyone know what I'm up to, that type of thing. But, yeah, I mean, there, there's, like like you said, like I just said, there, there's not this magical being that is making them suddenly lazy after years of hard work. They get tired of the bullshit and think, okay, I just need to recharge my batteries. Because it's not like, you know, working that, you know, a 9 to 5, you work for a boss, you have vacation time. So you can choose or you have set hours so you know right. when you're actually just going to sit down and do nothing that day where, especially with a YouTuber, 
and we're not complaining, I should highlight that, but, you know, something can pop up, you know, especially for me, I'm a news channel, I could say, oh, okay, tomorrow I'm taking off, you know, just the one day off, that's all I want, I'm just gonna chill and play PS4, get an update on Twitter, this happens so many times with Fallout 4, I'm not complaining, but, you know, okay, I'm just gonna take this day off, because I've been really working hard making news videos, I sit down, Twitter notification, Maddie, breaking news, Bethesda just randomly dropped the trailer at fucking 6pm in the evening, well, fuck, I'm gonna be working all night now, it's like being called in almost, you know? So, like I said, not complaining, but that's the type of thing you face as a YouTuber. You work random sporadic hours. You work until the fucking ass crack of dawn sometimes. Sometimes there's not much to do. You know, it, it goes up and down so much. I personally love it, you know, but it, it definitely, I don't think YouTubers should be slammed for taking a break. They're, they're human. No matter um, what job you have, you want a break. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we've talked about this on and off a little bit on the podcast and stuff. Uh, so I, and I don't know what jobs you've had, but for example, in my life, um, I've worked at lumber mills. I've worked at like military installations, worked at computer fab production, worked at developers of particular software, a couple other things and working green chain, which is at a mill, uh, is probably the most physically taxing, like truly physically taxing because it's uh it's eight hours and then they can get you for overtime if if there's more wood to come in and i i mean i even tell my wife i've worked harder on youtube worked harder like worked um whether it be call it mental physical whatever being more tired afterwards we'll just say that uh than ever when i jump to youtube now you and i do things different i don't do as much news and you don't do as many reviews but the same thing happens for example, I have the ACG, the, the barbecue this weekend, but if I get an email Friday night that says, here's a game we want you to cover, and I go and look and go, oh, shit, I've wanted to cover that, then I have to decide, like, how I'm going to, you know, how I'm going to separate church and state. Yeah, how am I going to do all that? And you're so you're doing all those things, and this is anything that any painter, a musician, in, 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 anybody can have. But what's weird is a lot of people pretend that it can't occur at normal jobs or that normal jobs can't be easy. And that blows me away because I have worked at normal jobs that one person may think YouTube is easier. That was so easy. You literally couldn't imagine it hmm. like it, it, that easy. And you get a lot of that thing where it's like, you don't have a real job. And it's like, I had a real job and that was nothing compared to, you know, so you, yeah. you have that too, but I've just happened to work a lot of different places. And for me, I think the difficulty comes into it where you get a, I get a lot of complaints regardless now. And I'm not a huge channel. Both of us are at 300,000. Mm. So we're nowhere near. But I can tell you this morning, for example, the Sundered review, maybe that was yesterday morning. Fuck, I don't even know what day it is. It's Friday, <laughs> right? Yeah, so Thursday. Um, the Sundered review, I had 50 email. Well, I've got 56 now emails saying you're a sellout because you did not say Sundered is a, is a never touch. You said it's a wait for a deep, deep sale. And then on a forum, a couple forums I go to, people are like, this is the most nitpicky review ever. This game is uh, absolute buy, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, they never played. Yeah. And I'm sitting there going, oh, fuck, these people don't get it. And then I have other people saying, you do too many reviews. How is it humanly possible to play all these games? And then someone else on the same forum or on the same YouTube will say, you haven't done any reviews in days. And what's mm -hmm. weird is, those are the disconnects that bother me more than any of this stuff. The disconnects where people think that because a video goes live, that was the day you got it. Like, yeah, it, and, yeah. And it, it's oh embarrassing. My God. How many times I've been fucking worked by my upload timing. Yeah. Ugh. And there, it's actually quite embarrassing for the poster because you have to assume some common sense. 
Mm. You have to go. There's some common sense there that you you realize that if two videos went live at 7 a.m. on the same morning, that person wasn't playing them. So there's like, for example, one time I had a six hour game and a two hour game and somebody's like, you've done a ton of reviews. It's impossible. And I'm all it was in seven days. Yeah. It, I, not only was it possible, I beat two other games. Like, what are you talking about? You have so those yeah. complaints, those complaints, you you try to separate, but it's very difficult. And then you get somebody like Joe, who is both of us combined times ten, yeah. right? Almost ten. Yeah. And and he's getting real ones, valid ones that are valid about whatever maybe he's making. He made a mistake here or there, and then he's getting a lot of miscommunication kind of of complaints mm -hmm. and it, it is it is probably pretty difficult for him it would almost be I, a lot of us i always try to tell people who want to go into youtube what's it like and i said have you ever worked at a job where they made a mistake in their organizational tree and you have too many bosses mm. and the, i say that's when you hear me say something's difficult when you have so many bosses that you sort of just go you know what i'm not going to listen to any of you guys I'm just going to, I know what I'm doing. And that's what I do as a YouTuber. And that's why most things don't bother me because I'm just like <laughs> driving straight ahead. I'm like, I don't yeah, that's what I've, I've developed into, but I, I'll admit there have been times I've been like just peeved. You know, I just look at it. I'm like, oh, so have I. Yeah. It know, happens, it's yeah. not like I, I, yeah, I don't try to put on an inhuman front and act like yeah, thick skin, that thick skin, still skin. You know, some, sometimes you'll just be in a certain mood and uh, uh, something someone says will cut to you. I mean, man, like I said, though, I've had some inconvenient uploads. I remember one time, uh, I made a joke to P9s on Twitter. I was just like, you know, welcome to the Fallout community. And he fucking, he roast me. And he's just like, uh, he's like, Fallout community. He's like, dude, I've been there for a while. And, and it gets screenshot. I put on Reddit. And it was like the top rated fucking Reddit thread for like a day straight. I was like, God. I, I laughed it. I didn't give a fuck. But I already had a video scheduled for my thoughts on Fallout 1 and 2. My honest, updated thoughts on Fallout 1 and 2. Because I originally had said, I wasn't a big fan of them. And then at that point in time when I made them, I had not played those games, which was stupid of me to make a fucking video about anyway. I play them. I'm like, these are pretty good. I'm going to make a video about it. Fallout 4 is about to come out. I'm going to let people know. And I scheduled, I uploaded it like three days before this tweet even happened. I scheduled it. It comes out a day after his tweet. And I'm like, and, and the comments were fucking full of people like, wow, dude, you're pretty soft. Like, you're, you really made this because of some guy's tweet. And I'm like... Uh, okay. Oh, yeah. I see and, what and you're so, saying. Like, I, yeah, and in a video later down the line, I'm like, by the way, while I have your attention, I'd also like to clarify something. So I showed them like a screenshot of the time, and, and there's like a time where it was uploaded, which was like I think July 17th, and then the upload date was like July 21st. I was like, this was made well before something happened between me and him. Like I was making this video no matter what. It just uploaded at the so worst time. So I have a time. question. I have a question. Were yeah. you actually just being nice and saying welcome to the community? Oh, no, 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 no. Like, or were you teasing him? I was – someone said something, I think, silly to him, and he, he like – kiss or – fuck. Got, got smart back maybe and then yeah, you're he, he, he was obviously – yeah, he was obviously joking, so I, I didn't take it personally. I didn't care. And when I saw it rated on Reddit as like one of the top posts, I, I thought it was funny. It was when people took it more serious than me <laughs> and oh, thought I was so insecure I was going to make a fucking video about it where I was like, dude, this is just un such inconvenient timing. Uh, but I, I was well, just more so tailing off of what you said. more than Yeah, look at look at like uh, I'm really interested in what loan, you know, how the collab channel works out for loan mm -hmm. because they're doing a lot of of a game that's been out for a long time mm -hmm. and or games that have been out for a long time and multiple channels with multiple viewers 
all maybe watching the same. And cause I've had it with you where somebody has been like, well, Maddie says this and you say this and the uh, uh, last, uh, last guardian. Cause I rated it a barely buy. You rated it lower. Mm-hmm. I think if I remember right, I said pass. because because a fucking cat won't answer your, answer your call. Um, it was true, which is true. Yeah. Uh, so, and, and I want, I'm excited to see like how, or not excited, but I'm interested to see how they handle it because I think a lot of the problems happen when you have a shared community, like welcome to the community, blah, blah, blah. And then somebody's like, I know this person, I know this person. And then you start getting these weird cross posts mm. where you're like, dude, I'm, I like, I don't what know. You said, I'm just trying to go forward here. Yeah. I'm yeah. not upset. Yeah. And I don't even watch like, my own shit. Like, I, like somebody will say, Hey, you made a Ron Jeremy joke. I said a couple weeks ago and they're like, do you remember what video it is? And I'm like, dude, I couldn't tell you what I said in yesterday's video unless you told me about the game. And then I would be able to say, this is generally what I said. But mm-hmm. it, o- over time, I think we ju- it's best to just move forward, make your stuff. I think that communication is big now, though. And so Joe and anybody big probably sees that. And they'll just learn from it and go, okay, you know, I need to, instead of promising, maybe I'll just do, right? Exactly. And, and let it sort of sit. Dude, um, but I'm he's sorry. a caring guy, so he cares about his. Sh- yeah. That's the pro- that's not the problem, yeah. but that is one of the issues. He cares, and and it hurt. I mean, it hurts him. Yeah, I'm it hurts you, anybody. Dude, that scheduling. You and I have talked about scheduling. We run on schedules. We're like, okay, this day I'm working. This day I'm doing that. Like, especially you, way more than me, is like very punctual. Like this right. time frames for this and that. I think establishing, like, saying out loud on YouTube a schedule like these days I'm doing this and, and these time frames I'm doing that fucking worst decision you can make everyone is guilty of it (laughs) i've done it before and every time i'm just like all right we had it rolling for like three weeks and then i was just like there's something more interesting to talk about fuck it (laughs) and then you just lose track of everything and and then you got so many mixed promises everywhere and then if you come out with another one it sounds wrong so it's best just to go with the flow have your own plan keep it to yourself and just let people focus on the thing that they came to you for just enjoying or informing themselves you know that type of shit yeah i'm great i'm i'm so happy and interested in the fact that joe had a fan who counted up his reviews and the reason why is because i don't have time to do that but i've always been interested like is it true or not because that's the that's a big deal is it true or not and i get the same thing if i do a different video than what i'm accustomed to and i'm sure you do too because i remember seeing it people were just mad as hell you weren't gonna just cover bethesda i saw it i saw people Mm -hmm. posting about you being like you could have covered this blah 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 instead you're covering a bioware and you're like fuck what like the two don't if there's nothing to talk about here, then it yeah, I, I'm then a like, shitty <laughs> video about that won't be as good as a good video about something where there is something to talk about. Yeah. So I think it's best to just communicate the general lines. And uh, I just posted a couple days ago. I'm like, I would much rather be known for doing than saying. Yeah. You know, people can say, "Oh, Carrick said this. That was funny," or "I hate him for this." But I'd rather somebody just say, "I like this review," or "I hate this review," or "I get it," and then move on. And and just be known for just doing stuff because I, I feel more comfortable that way than this nebulous gray area where you say something, somebody takes it the wrong way, and suddenly yeah. you're in a disaster. That's just to, to lead by example and let your work do the talking. You know? Yeah. He's, I, I got to say, though, I mean, and remember this. Joe destroyed me by my very first review. So if there's anybody out there who might have a reason to hold a grudge i guess it would be really? me and i don't Do you mind if oh. i ask you the story about this <laughs> oh yeah yeah i think i've talked about it before on this podcast but maybe not so star trek uh 360 the star trek game 
on the based on the new Star Trek. Um, like a Gears of War style where you became, you know, Captain Kirk and I, yeah, Spock. Yeah, yeah. So I I enjoyed the hell out of it. Now, was it perfect? No, there were bugs and all this stuff. And um, Joe was was fucking livid about that game. And I don't know, like, it, it, it slapped his mom, right? You know, it was one of those games where it comes out and you're just livid. And he's like, this guy's a sold off. You know, look at this reviewer on Metacritic. It was my very first time of entering anything into Metacritic. I'd never done it before. I was very happy to do it. And he's like, this is a brand new person who's never reviewed. And I'm like, that's correct. It is a brand new person who says to me. <laughs> and, and so he, and I went to his forum, I think, at that time. They had open posts. They may still. And I was like, hey, guys, that's actually me. Like, I, I, I don't really get what the issue is. And... For a while, it sucked because I was just, but I got a lot of subscribers from it, mm -hmm. which is always happens with negative news. You get way more, way more than you yeah. do. Uh, it like, hurt. Let's see what happens. <laughs> but I was going to say, if there's anybody out there who should have or has a reason to have a negative, whatever, I don't. I don't think that he did anything wrong. But I will say this. Um, when I look at the stuff that like some particular reviewers create, like Joe and others who do the big things. Mm -hmm. I honestly am a little, I don't understand how they do it because it's insane. And so people may say, oh, Carrick's got a good scheduling system. That's correct. That's how I perform is I schedule pretty much every 30 minutes. Joe does something different. What he does is a fucking black belt in, in making huge skit videos. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, what happens is that can hurt you in the long run because people expect it. Yeah. And then they start going, oh, there's less or, or there's this or that. So... I got to say, man, I, d the dude just puts out content and it's like, yeah, he does let's plays and he enjoys those and, and he does his things, but I, I, I just don't see an issue. I, I guess uh, I just I wouldn't have probably put out the, here's my promise, you know, cause that's, yeah, that's that, that scary. Definitely, Anything can happen. He, he said in the video, he's like, that was my biggest mistake. He said, I should <laughs> not have done that. And I was like, yep. Yep, you don't want to make schedules. I mean, the only one I'm good at is always saying like every Thursday. I I, I say I intentionally say it in the video. I say every Thursday, or at least I try to get out an Elder Scrolls Six wishlist video every fucking time. So I try. You hit it pretty often. Yeah, I, I was gonna say I hit it pretty often. I haven't for a while because there's actually been a lot of news to talk about. But when I come back, it's always on a Thursday, and I'm usually pretty consistent with it. So yeah, it, it's it's really hard to stay on that schedule. Um, but yeah, that was that was a good talk. That was. Our longest segment yet, actually. Yeah, I, I I wish him all the luck, man. Because like I don't ever want him to stop. Hell so, no. You know, and I know people are like, he well, I uh, he was you and him were my initial inspirations for reviews. I didn't see you obviously mm. until later, but sure, uh, sure. But Joe, I remember like I because I used to love the angry video game nerd. I thought his reviews were fucking hilarious. He's he's mm -hmm. up there as well. You know that those skits. You know, funny angry guy. And then you got Angry Joe, who was kind of like the new gen angry video game nerd in, in many ways. And I remember specifically talking to, uh, it was actually a girl I dated, um, and she was big in the film and stuff. And I was like, I need like a green screen. I want to try this. And like, I was looking into investing in it. And I was like, you know what? I got to do my own thing. Because if I copy him, then what makes my content special? But like, yeah, he was like that influential. And so, you know, those are the types of things that really stick with me. So when I see him getting torn down for something that you know he, he's been doing regardless that's the thing is like everyone was saying like there's so few angry reviews i'm like i don't see that i see a lot of angry reviews you know especially for how long they take to make <sighs> yeah and in the end i want more people doing that kind of stuff because 
there's more people who are getting hands on because I'm a consumer rights channel. That's why I only do the new games. So, cause I hate the idea of like a game coming out, no review, like it pisses me off. Yeah. I don't, I don't find that that is fair to a consumer to say, buy a sight unseen. Good luck. It may just explode. And you're like, <laughs> that really doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. So I, I, I think that people who do that, people who do reviews like you and Joe, people who do those different style of things, the more hands on, you can get the more you can get a general impression as long as they're trying to be accurate the more you can get a general impression of, of what this title is and what you may or may not like mm -hmm. so I, I think the bet the more we have the better absolutely yeah more the merrier right yeah so speaking of more the merrier dude we are on a fucking roll with these segues um or not segues um is that the word i'm having a brain yeah, segues so, okay, yeah, okay segues yeah. the word. brain blew up at the wrong time anyway um 4.7 million Switches sold since launch. 3.5 million units for Mario Kart sold. ARMS has over a million. And Breath of the Wild, 4 plus million. Oh, damn, son. Yeah, that is insanity. That the, For Breath of the Wild in particular, that was the only game on the system for a good month. But still, that's 4.7 million owners of the Switch own... Or, I'm sorry, 4 plus million owners of a Switch own that game. And that, even Mario Kart, which was, I think, in May. So this is months mm -hmm. after the Switch has been out. There's not that hype. There's not that new console high, at least in my book, there wasn't. Right. And it, this is a game that I know the Wii U, I get it, you know, it didn't sell that well. But this is a game that already came out. And Mario Kart 8 Deluxe comes out and sells 3.5 million. So that's three-fourths of the fucking user base owning this product. I mean, that's insane insane um exclusive like, yeah performance i mean I, I don't even really have anything to add other than i i said prior to the podcast that it the only time i remember anything being near that is the when the story came out about like the xbox 360 for every one that was sold it had an attach rate of like 4.7 games which was it was flatly unheard of like people were just like what the fuck like that thing is selling so many games but here, just by the sheer number of games and everything, um, I would assume that's even higher if you just look at the percentage. And that number is that. I mean, you're talking about almost one for one, technically for Zelda, which makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense, but it's still pretty surprising because if it's one for one, then you assume some people may sell it and resell it, and you wouldn't get one for one. But instead, they did get one for one, or very close to getting one for one, which is. I mean, it's it's a fucking pack in without being a pack in. Do you wait? Do you remember? And this is going a little off track, but I got to know. Do you remember what games you bought with your 360? If you bought it, if you bought it online, uh, you probably got the same as usual. But no, I bought it a little after. I think it was Condemned, one of the Fight Nights, and um, it was three. Funny enough, it might have been Dead Rising. No, no, because it was before Dead Rising. But I know for a fact, Condemned, the that mm -hmm. horror game, uh, was big at the time. I didn't jump. It's the first system, the only system, I think. That I never jumped in day one because I was playing the X. Yeah, the Xbox original looked really good and it did 1080. And I was like, OK, great. And then one day I can't remember what game it was, but I looked at the two games site gun. I looked at gun, wow. which is a Western. And um, I looked at the difference between the Xbox original and the 360. And I was like, oh, OK. And so I, I jumped. Yeah, for me, when I bought my 360, it was. Call of Duty World at War, it, mm -hmm. Mass Effect. That was like the mm. that was the one yeah. for me. I was like Bioware, <laughs> and then um, Kung Fu Panda came with it, so I had three. 
Shane Kim. Yeah. Those were the Shane Kim games, the Mass Effects. He that Microsoft had that one year where it was just mm. like fucking game after game. After, it was in, it was it was insane. Yeah, but it's nowhere near this really. When you you know the difference is there's less games available, but the fact is, is when you look at the attach rate, that's fucking un- yeah, insane. I, it is a packing. What I really want to see is how well like Super Mario Odyssey at the end of the year performs you know that's a big name so i think it'll do well christmas time but yeah it's christmas time that's a good one too so i think that will that's kind of set up to do well but uh, i i want to see the attachment rate between how many systems are sold at that point and how many people own that game because i think officially at that point yeah you can say like yeah the new console high is definitely done because i could say Mm -hmm. for the ps4 and xbox one i was already well accustomed a couple months after let alone like that long so that's i mean that's an impressive amount of sales i'd say 4.7 yeah good for them yeah, yeah, that is definitely very good. good. Just a, a quick little segment. Now we're on to the questions that viewers have submitted to us. Um, I believe these came from your Patreon, correct? Well, they came from my patron, but they were, uh, I think every one of them but one is a subscriber, either patron or just normal subscriber to both of us. Okay. And so when I put out a questionnaire, they were like, hey, if you're on this, if you're on the podcast, one of them, can you answer these? Okay. So I gave them to you. Okay. So for, first question comes from the name bartender sex is free and he or she asks what is one standout character for you in a game just the one that surprised you completely and just give me one second my dog is pawing at my fucking door feel free to start answering that question so a standout character for me um man that oh uh yes okay okay i've got one Okay. It absolutely, and I, maybe it's because I just replayed it. I played this will be the third time I beat it. Uh, 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 Barney from Alan Wake. I think it's Barney. Yeah, he is your secondary in Alan Wake. He's your agent, your literary agent, mm-hmm. and he's a foil for many different little scenes that go on. I'm trying to not pick like somebody in in Red Dead, so you know, or something like that. I'm trying to pick a little lesser known game. But the reason why I loved him so much is he not only was a foil, he was basically what they were trying to do was make you feel like he was actually the way a person would really respond because Alan Wake isn't responding the way a normal person would respond to these situations. Yeah. And he does. And his nasally voice. And, and he's like, he's like, Alan, Alan. And you just, I, I mean, every time he showed up when we were playing, we'd be like, here he comes, man, here he comes. And he would show up and it was just fantastic. So yeah, I would say for me, he's absolutely a standout character that like I'll remember for a long time, just for his, the enjoyment of seeing him on the screen. Mm-hmm. So for me, and this one's a more recent example. I think yours is probably a little bit better. But for me, it was 9S from Nier Automata. Because I think there's very few characters in a video game that when they're introduced, they are a secondary character. You think they're just going to be playing a backup role. And they he essentially is the main character, as far yeah. as I'm concerned. He is literally the main character of the story by the end. And I think that is just fascinating to me, that you can transform that role and make him into a character you care about. So in that first playthrough, you know, you give a shit about him, but then you're playing as him and it takes on this whole different perspective and they really flesh him out more. And then by route C it's, it's game over, man. I mean, you, you find out so much. And like I said, it makes him that main character. It's really an impactful way of telling a story. So he's one that I think will stick with me for a really long while as well. And he was cool for the fact that, I mean, a lot of people thought, oh, you only beat it once and then you're done. And it's like, no, you, no, 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 you have, no, you have, no. You, it's Groundhog Day, the video game. You have to play the, the funny bit is the repetitiveness or what you think is going to be repetitive. Yeah. 
And it's so crazy because there are times in that game where your brain is telling you, I have to do something to break the cycle. Like I have to do something just like in for lack of a better comparison, Bill Murray in um, in Groundhog Day, where he was consistently trying different things to get himself to wake up on the next day. And he kept waking up on the day prior. That's what ha- in, in that fucking game in Nier Automata, there'll be times where you're like, I am in the same place. I, I fucking mm. wish I could do this, but you can't. And that is absolutely at least 80 percent of the awesomeness of that title is that characters and the responses and the reactions you get. And it changes your first game. This is a, a weird thing, too. You play the first game, play through, and then you play the second story and maybe the third. And by the third time, you realize that the first time you played isn't exactly what you thought. Yeah. The first time you played was like, mm-hmm. that's next level. Yeah. I mean, that is next level. I mean, I, I always, when I try to describe to someone the game, I try not to tell them you got to be it three times because I feel like when you say that, they think to themselves, like you said, they want something to change. So they'll think it's the same game, but like you get a different ending cutscene. It yeah. adds a little bit more like an extra five minutes. And it's like, no, especially the third playthrough. It is a whole new fucking game at that point. The second yeah. playthrough, like, yeah, kind of the, the, the same game. It's really a new game plus with some added material, I think, enough to make it well worth your time. But the third playthrough is a totally different game. So I have a friend, Connor, a lot of people on the channel know him. He played Nier once. He was like, I love this game. I beat it. It was great, man. Fucking awesome. Thank you for suggesting it to me. I'm like... No, you didn't beat it. And he still <laughs> says to this day, he beat it. And I'm like, Dude. no, no, no. Nope. I'm like, please listen to me. You have so much left to see. If you thought that was good and that that was awesome, just just play the rest. And play technically, the rest. I mean, technically, he has not beat it because at the end exactly. of the first psych, there's a reason why I say that. It's not. I don't I mean, it's it's not. It's mm-hmm. it's definitely and I not. I always tell people I'm like, instead of saying. Yeah, you got to beat it three times. I say there's three stories. That's always what I say to them. Yeah, that's three stories. Because then they're like, oh, like episodic structure or some shit, whatever. Yeah. It totally removes the fear of, oh, man, but I got to beat it once. I have struggled to do that. And let alone three times, it's like, no, just three stories. It makes the biggest difference. That's actually a really good example. That care, yeah, that game. Talk about coming out of nowhere. Yeah. Fuck. This cannot continue. This yeah. cannot. And I was just like, what the fuck? This is the most amazing music ever. I mean, I was, and it's one of those times where you're busting at the nuts because you want to post on <laughs> about it. And I'm like, you know, I mean, I'll, you know, depending on the NDA, it depends on who I might talk to, but mm-hmm. sometimes there's no one. Sometimes, like, for whatever reason, like, there's no one to talk. And you're just sitting there going, like, this is the greatest fucking thing i yeah, can tell no one to talk about it oh it sucks it sucks not like that night before you're just sitting there in front of your computer like come on oh, yeah. embargo lift let's go well, well that's why like occasionally you know you'll get an email from me you know? <laughs> be like yeah uh, yeah i'm sure you've got it just yeah. don't tell me if you don't here you know mm-hmm. so oh shit is there any other characters you can think of because for me that's the first one that definitely comes to mind but no because i mean to me I, i'm usually a fan of like the more eclectic characters uh i've we were talking about this uh, a, a while ago, and this character everybody hates but me, and I like him probably because everybody else, the things that everybody hates him for, I like him because it's different. But the snake oil salesman in Red Dead, um, the the old guy the, uh, who's always talking about you know having a heart palpitation, and he he fucking absolutely stokes me out every time he because he's hilarious. Or the the cannibal in Red mm-hmm. Dead. The cannibal guy who fucking leads you on various yeah. like questionable missions is just fucking amazing. 
And um, I got to say, out of GTA 5, I know people like Trevor. And this just could be because, uh, you know, I'm not a huge drug user who can't remember where he is most of the time. But Michael, to me, and it was so because his wife and his midlife crisis, his his kid is per dude, his kid. Jimmy. Oh, he's Uh. the best fucking rendition of a shitty child that I've, he is a <laughs> shitty child. I know I like, I have friends who have a shitty child that is identical where it's like, you know, you don't even love me and you're yeah. unlovable. You're looking at him going, dude, it's cause you're a fucking callous on the earth. <laughs> like no wonder your parents, you know, you think they may not yeah, love you, but, they do. but so yeah, funny. Michael, Michael is fantastic as a main character, mm-hmm. not an NPC as a main, a, a, a main character. Yeah, for me, my, my thing is, so you like the, the different, we'll say different types of characters. Mine is always, I don't look for edge Lords, but I I always (laughs) seem to like the assholes, the, Uh the douchebags, because if they're done well, they are the most interesting part to watch in a story. Um, I'll use a very niche example because it's always the first thing that comes to mind. And it's a series that I recommend a lot. I know it's, it's very, uh, very narrow so it's not not a lot of people are gonna get into it but i always say danganronpa and if you look at byakuya and you look at nagito especially nagito he literally fucks with the story the whole time the whole time and i don't want to get into why or how but they're trapped on an island and he is like just doing everything possible in this distorted fashion where he thinks he's doing the right thing but he's really (laughs) doing the wrong thing he's doing it for hope but he's bringing what they call despair and basically the goal is to fight despair and all this shit and he's just fucking everything up. And so many people like him, but so many people also are like, he is the worst. How could you ever like him? And it's like, that's why I like him. He's so entertaining to watch because he's yeah. like, when he's on screen, you know he's going to own the moment. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's a series of characters. I mean, who are some other edgy... I, I don't know. I can't think of any right now. Um, but, you know, I, I just like I thought you were going to say Trevor from GTA Five because... He, I mean, at the I, starting just, of dude, GTA those, 5, he's, he's, he was too over the top for that's me, the thing. but yeah, I, I get why people like And it's funny because I love Borderlands so much, but sometimes when it's too over the top, it just instantly, it's like you just took the switch and turned it off. And that's how Trevor was for me initially. I was like, okay, I get why people are like, ha, ha, he's so funny for me. I'm like, this guy's just a fucking idiot for yeah, no, no really good reason. No in my opinion. rhyme or reason. Yeah, he was, he was, he was like, to me, the, the, you know, in heat. You've got the one character that at the starting of the movie Heat who does stupid shit and he becomes the enemy at the end. And in a way, I really do feel like a lot of elements of Trevor were stolen from him mm-hmm. and uh, or not stolen. Sorry, that was totally the wrong word, but w- were like influenced a little bit by that kind of character. Uh, but I love him. I like the I like uh, Edge Lord, man. Uh, it's so funny that that word means what it means now, because that yeah, does not mean what it used to mean. And so whenever yeah, anybody says Edge Lord, I'm thinking a whole different fucking thing. Um <laughs> So I, I, I like the assholes, too. I just think that people don't handle them. Writers have a hard time handling yeah, them. It's not, that's the thing, too. It's not an easy character to write. It's not. It's not. And I think the subtlety, people forget that a game is interacted at a certain speed, which could be different between Carrick and Maddie. Mm-hmm. And so it's like if you have a smart ass, he's only he can be a smart ass if a one liner is delivered in one second. But if it's delivered 10 minutes later in front of somebody, he can be a total douche. Mm-hmm. And so you have those kind of issues where depending on how someone talks and what they do, I will say somebody that surprised me. And I when I did my walk in the walk on Uncharted four, I mentioned this a little bit, but um, Haven, the chick from Haven, and I apologize, can't remember her name, but uh, his wife, Nathan Drake's wife. I actually felt like 
it's probably the best acting in a game I've ever seen. Far more so, I know people like um, End of Day, no, End of Us, uh, uh, Last of Us. Last of Us, okay. But I think that's a little, sometimes a little too over the top at times. Um, so I was really impressed by her genuine, different emotions she portrayed at the times where they made sense. I was actually very impressed by that actress mm. in that. And it was one of the first movies where I realized, or games, where I was going, I know this actress because I watched the show, but I know that she's now this character and I can tell it's the actress. And I sort of had this thing where I didn't see her digitally as much as I saw her as the actress mm. doing her bits and it really paid off. I thought that was well done. See, have That's you about- ever had this, uh, you, yeah, like that, what you just described there where you see too much of the actress and not yeah. enough of the character. Does that ever disengage you from the game? Yeah. Troy Baker. Yeah. That's um, the thing. I've realized when I, I've found myself lately, not cause I don't like these stars, but, um, when I find myself seeing these actors repeated in so many games, like, you know, 2013 was like the year of Troy, ba- Troy Baker, you know, fucking Bioshock Infinite, The Last of Us and all this stuff. And it started to feel a little samey. I think he was also the Joker in Arkham Origins, I want to say. Yeah, he was. Yeah, so it's like, you know, you see him in every game and you start to just see him, not the character. And it, it just becomes disengaging in this way where sometimes having that all-star cast is good. But I found myself like, um, I think Persona 5 was a good example. You know, they had a really stellar voice acting cast, but it was kind of like these up-and-coming voice actors, not these top-of-the-line ones, except for Matt Mercer. He's already up there, but I think, and they always say this, I forgot who it was, actually, specifically, I heard it from first. The best voice actors are the ones who you can't tell it's them. Yeah. I want to say it was... uh, I I can tell that it's always... And, and this is not dissing on Troy, by the way, because mm. there's a reason why he's in everything, because he's actually good. Yes. Um, but it is it is very hard unless you're Robin Williams or you're a ventriloquist or you're a voice, you know, a talented voice trained person, which which I don't think I know Troy isn't. I know most of these people. That's not what they grew up, you know, preparing to do. They they do sound like Troy Baker being Troy Baker as Troy Baker in the Troy Baker show. And you're like, OK, I get it. And And I can buy off on those. Uh, Mark Hamill had a couple issues at certain times where he was continually the Joker. And I was like, nah, mm-hmm. it, like it was a little too. Sometimes the voice inflection just isn't strong enough to to push you over to thinking it's the Joker. And you're thinking it's Mark Hamill. Yeah. So those kind of things happen. I'll tell you the best voice actor. He's only done one game. Well, two, the best voice actors. Number one, Bill uh, Marston, you know, the guy who yeah. played in Red Dead. But. If you if somebody who just does a fantastic job and I still talk to him on Twitter, he's never been hired back. So I don't I don't know why he wants in, but no one's hired him back. Uh, uh, Lost World three. Bill Williamson is his name. He's the main lead in Lost World three. And I am telling you, that's the Capcom games that involve the snow planets and the bugs. Lost Planet. I'm sorry, because I was calling it Lost World. Right. Yes. Which would be a whole fucking different game. Um (laughs) I was like, Lost, yeah, Lost what is this? <laughs> yeah, Lost Planet, Bill Williamson, um, I believe. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he is, uh, he's got his own podcast, and he does other stuff. He's an actor and a producer. But, man, uh, that was one of, man, I mean, I'm pretty glowing in my review for him enough that you can tell that I was like, holy shit, this is the, the poignancy when it's needed, the little emotional afflictions, even boredom when it needs to be bored just really well done. Wow. And um, I wish he did more because I believe that he could take the place of the other guy. It's not Troy Baker, 
He's a tall dude. He's married to the other voice actress. Um, oh, oh. Dark hair. He does Critical Hit. I think he does the D&D online. Um, are you talking about? No, Matt Mercer is a part of that. Are you talking, is he married to Laura a, Bailey? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I but I can't remember his name. Yeah, I, know you're, I know you're but, talking and about. And Laura Bailey's also very good as her. well. Yeah, yeah. She's good. But, but yeah, um, it, it's just those kind of people make those characters. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times actors have a hard time. Um, you know, jumping into games, so you have to get a Troy Baker because he knows what is supposed to happen, yeah. and so he can deliver it. But occasionally, you're like, "Hmm, that's Troy Baker screaming." Yeah, for sure. Or uh, Far Cry. Sorry, got to mention that uh, Far Cry Four. Uh, he he was the main bad guy, and when I he started talking, I'm like, "No, it's just Char- it's, it's Troy Baker dressed mm. up as a bad guy." <laughs> like yeah. you're like, "Come on, man." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know. Anyway. So sometimes, I mean, it's good to have their natural voice because then they can trigger different emotions in a much that, easier yeah. fashion. But then you start to hear too much of the voice actor and it becomes less of the character. Yeah. That happens way too much for me. Anyway, our next question comes from Sleeve. They say, mm-hmm. if joysticks are okay and steering wheels are okay, why are keyboard and mouse emulators on PS4 and Xbox considered bad? Yeah. That is I thought a that was a really good, good question. question. That is. So my like what like what do you think? My take on this is, um, I well, think first, it's just, do you consider them bad? Because I don't yeah, think he's saying we have to consider. Yeah, I was gonna say I I never thought they were too bad. I think there is a difference in precision though, and and being quick to aim between a controller and a mouse and keyboard. And I think depending on the genre, that can have a bigger impact compared to. And I, I mean, you might. I think you'll differ with this because I think you you told me you always use the steering wheel, and now, so yeah. <laughs> and so I was gonna say, I personally, when I play racing games, and I grew up consistently on the N sixty four, always using the steering wheel and cruising USA, and I was always better with the controller. And I just might be the type of gamer I was, but I think there wasn't that skill gap that is created from that accessory as there is with the keyboard and mouse. So I can see why people get upset, but do I think it's a big deal? No, not really, because some people are just comfortable playing with that keyboard and mouse. So that's yeah. where I sit on it. Yeah, and um, there, I, I think, too, that the people may not understand the technology of it all. When you have a mouse emulator, which is what you have on a, a, a engine that's on your console, because of the standardization that's built into consoles, um, there's a particular frame rate they try to hit. Let's say it's 30 FPS. And so what they do is they program in that, that the joystick, even at 10 sensitivity, can only turn the screen at a very particular speed, yeah. which is about half the speed, if not a fourth of the speed, that a normal mouse can. Mm-hmm. So I think that while there's some fidelity added, for, for sure, if you're using a mouse emulator, I have a Zim 4. It's not out of the box. I've had it for almost a year, but... I've got one to test. I tested Attack uh, Pro Commander, which was the official Sony one, remembering that Sony and Microsoft obviously believe it's okay because they have official products now. At least Sony does. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there's differences because when you go on the PC and you have a controller, well, the PC is built under its main input, which is the mouse keyboard. So it can move much faster than any controller. can. So you get that thing where you see people saying on the PC, man, you're going to get killed because you're on a gamepad. And then over here, somebody will say, you're on a console and you've got a mouse, you're going to do much better. But really, you will, probably, but it, 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 I don't think it'll be the same type of big jump. Um, and I don't consider them bad for, for various reasons. One, I saw a huge skill jump in um, my steering wheel. And I've always been both. 
gamepad and maybe it's just the steering wheel the fidelity maybe maybe they're better yeah um but i also believe that at some point we can't operate on the uh, i i the thought that everybody's equal for example if i have a 4k tv and it's hdr and the hdr is turned on input rate can be anywhere from 30 to 40 milliseconds slower than somebody else's you add that to a couple things like my receiver my wiring online my connection and i am below uh, other people regardless of my input level but would you say you can't buy a new router that doesn't make a lot of sense would you say you can't you can't turn on game mode on your hdr tv that doesn't make sense so at some point you have to just be like hey it's happening like it's yeah, happening that, that reminds me of uh, a time when happening. i used to play <clears throat> call of duty competitively back in black ops one like they said uh-huh. if you want to compete you need a uh an mlg monitor i think they called right. it and because like the input delay was just like it was so Super minor low. that you you could react quicker in a gunfight and potentially win and it was such a minute difference that uh, i'm sure that millisecond or two would maybe save my ass i don't know no no, here the reason why they say that and the reason why people get confused a lot of times is it's not just the TV. It's the fact that you have a circular rotation for your input signal. So you have the controller, the mm. system itself, the game. So some games, for example, just recently, um, I think it was Fortnite. Yeah, Fortnite has up to 100 millisecond latency on the PS4 Pro and PS4. So people are jumping on the Xbox One because for reasons unknown, it's at the typical 13 milliseconds where it's just a, a fine refresh rate. If you have a hundred on top of your TV, on top of your receiver, on top of your and and you start adding all those, then what happens is you start looking at those places where you can, you know, if you're going to do competitive, yeah. where you can where you can knock it down. Okay. And so I don't think one matters versus five because you'll see one millisecond, then you'll see five milliseconds. Great. It's what matters is if you add a bunch of those and you get the the top higher end on a bunch of different items and then suddenly you're like, I feel a little slower than everybody else and you always will be. And so I don't, but I don't believe that you're not allowed to fix that. And I don't believe that if somebody wants a mouse and keyboard emulator, you're not allowed to, to, to use those. I don't consider them bad. Um, and I think that Sony and Microsoft, or at least Sony for sure, also doesn't. They're allowing them. And from what I understand, Microsoft is doing a patch here very soon where m- mouse and keyboard will be usable. Mm-hmm. So people are going to have to really be prepared for that because that would mean game engine companies will probably, a couple of the faster games See, will mean, probably be One thing we always preach about on the podcast is providing players with options. Yeah, and, yeah, and so I'm big into that. that. That's the thing. Yeah, we're we're cool with that. So it's like for me, yeah, like I, I just I'm a believer. If if you're better at the game than me, then it doesn't matter what the fuck you're using. You're better than me. I don't care if I have the controller, you have the keyboard, and mouse, or it's vice versa. If you kill me, you're better than me. And if you win that match, you're better than me. That's all there is to it. And I don't know if some gamers maybe have a little bit of an issue accepting that. If that's what it boils down to, or whatever if there's some ego involved. But for me, it's like, if, if you want to play that way, if that's how you succeed or if that's how you enjoy the game, that's how you feel most comfortable. Games are about fun. So if that, that's what makes it more fun for you, then I don't give a fuck what you play it on. You can play it on a goddamn yeah. stick for all I care. Yeah, if, if they're going to offer those options, I would say that uh, I think a smart developer would start looking at possibly having a filter so you could filter out control schemes in games and That'd say, okay, awesome. Um, I'm filtering for online. I want to play against people who are just gamepad because I have a gamepad. You couldn't say I'm a mouse and keyboard and I want to play against gamepad. That would be odd. But if you had the ability to say I want to play with people equal to or better than me, 
mm-hmm. um, at these levels, then then I should be able to do that. I, I don't see a problem with that at all. Um, but it's just it's one of those things where we're getting more technologically advanced and these things are popping up. I mean, joysticks for a lot of people are a massive massive increase in their proficiency just because of the way a joystick works and the fact that you're not moving your thumb ab you have a finger that can instantly press it yeah that's a big difference mm-hmm. and in some ways a steering wheel has some of that and there's and wasd in in some ways is faster than moving your thumb so i get it but um we're at a time now where is we, there's no going back yeah i mean there's no yeah, going I mean, back. We're, we're seeing uh, Hellblade is getting a uh, it's getting a 60 FPS mode on the PS4 Pro, but it's also getting like the action mode or whatever, which we were yeah. talking about with Neo. So yeah, we're we're seeing more options. options offered, and I think this is just kind of spawning off of that. Yeah, it doesn't really surprise me at all. Great question though. Um, last question we have is about Fortnite. Asking uh, Zigzag the jerk. I'm sorry. Asks what <laughs> we think about the the structure of Fortnite, uh, the pricing of it so far. All that stuff. Have you made your... You, I know you, you joked about this at the beginning, but I wasn't sure. Have you made your review for this game at all? No. Okay. Yeah, I just picked it up two days ago. And um, as for the pricing thing, I mean, this is this, this is silly. But what's the one thing I have to say is that um, they haven't hit it, as far as I know. They have made it very fucking obvious that this game, you it is going free-to-play next year. Like... Right. I feel like they have not hid that fact and tried to act like this is a AAA release. So I feel like if you have decided to purchase this game, then you know what you're getting into, hands down. Um, what is your thoughts on this game just as a whole so far before we get into the pricing of the matter? Uh, it's a mess. It's a mess for you. Yeah, what, the, hu- you the HUD on? is terrible. Uh, yes. I, all three. Yeah. Okay. And the, the HUD, the UI is literally one of the worst and i know that the one guy did the video um i uh, can't remember his name but he counted 13 fonts 13 fonts in just the hud so oh what that usually indicates is a feature creep like we talked about earlier where they're putting in shit and they forgot to take some stuff out and you know all the upgrades upgrade this upgrade that do this do that there's a, a lot of stuff going on in places that don't make a lot of sense and uh, i think that that stuff could be fixed the actual gameplay itself is somewhat fun but I think what bothers people about the pricing is the fact that not only are they weird, it's like 40, 60 or 150 or like 250 for this ultimate edition if I'm if I remember correctly, but the fact that it's the reverse of early access, which is where you pay a little less and then everybody else is going to pay full price when it goes live. Instead here, it's going to pay a bunch and no one's going to pay unless they choose to later and it feels a l- little odd. Not and some people aren't mad, some people are, and I get why both feel weird about it they have not hidden the fact it'll be uh free to play but what they have done is some really shady shit for example it doesn't tell you it costs anything if you try to download it on the console but if you try to play it on the console it then says please pay Hmm. that's weird for like even bandwidth caps going so far as to be technical and saying i don't want to download 30 gigs thinking the game's free and it, it, you know, it has money. Maybe the warning's there now, but it was not there because we tested that. I have that on video. It was not there at that time. Okay. So there's little oddities I think that are going on. Um, I think there's enough oddities, and the game doesn't. A game has enough UI issues that for me, it's so early access. I'm sort of shocked they're asking for any money. Mm-hmm. But that's just me. Yeah. No, I, I for starters, I totally agree with the UI. Uh, navigating those fucking menus initially trying to figure out where everything is it's insane it's just 
just everything. It's so scattered. Trying to figure out all the mechanics. I don't think they do a good job explaining that to you. Um, I have to say, I, I do kind of enjoy the mindless gameplay loop of it all, of the mm-hmm. scavenge, build, defend. Um, I know that's not everyone's cup of tea, but I, I think it's about time we saw a bit of the Minecraft formula try to take a step forward from the building part and yeah. do something with it rather than just so many games trying to tell you to mine resources and build. What can you do past that? And I, I like the whole create your own weapons. And I mean, it of course takes the whole loot pack thing from every game now. So you break a pinata, you get a ton of fucking weapons and, and survivors that you can send on different missions and stuff while you're busy doing another one. It's definitely a, a time sink kind of game. And I, one thing I have to say I like about it is that um, it's not like it, it's a mission structure game. So for those who haven't played, you, you go to your, you invite your friends to your party. If you're going to play online with any friends, uh, you pick a mission from the mission select menu, you drop into this world space, and from there you start collecting resources. Now you'll have right. your resources from your previous mission, and when you use up all your resources during that mission, it will go into the next mission. So what I really like about this is that it makes you not blow your load in an entire mission because you have to think about that next mission and the mission after that. And while you can collect as much as you want, certain world spaces will have certain resources that you'll find like that compared to different world spaces. And I, that's one thing I really like is because it's not just, okay, we're resetting you drop in here, mine all Mm -hmm. the stuff and, and, and use everything you got. You have to be smart with it because when you're building this fortress, you might be short on stuff. And in fact, I like the challenges they present such as don't build more than 30 parts and you'll get a bonus at the end, which will unlock more loot and upgrade or rather you get loot no matter what it upgrades the rank of your loot. So I like that type of stuff. I can't lie. Um, I hope it evolves a little bit more. I'm looking forward to seeing how they update the game. And by that, I mean that, um, like, for example, just having building walls, floors, ceilings, and some traps. Right, yeah. Uh, I have to say it because it's the most uh, best thing to compare it to, but I think Fallout 4 Settlement had more options to create and build with. (laughs) And that's, you know, for, for all that's wrong with Fallout 4, we can say it's a much bigger game than Fortnite. So if a game about building has less assets to build with than a game that had more exploration and places to discover and stuff, then what's the game about building doing? And so that's why I'm assuming or at least hoping that every month we're going to get a slew of new guns and new traps and new things to build with to keep the player hopefully coming back. If that's not the case, that's when I'll start to get really pissed off because that's when I think, okay, you're asking for my, my, my money up front. I bought this with the purpose of reviewing but let's say as a consumer, okay, I'm putting my money into your game. I want to see constant return, especially if it's fucking early access. I want to see it coming my way the whole time. It's weird to see early access now in retail stores too. Um, Dreamcast guy did the video where he walked to Walmart and Walmart has the huge kiosk for um, Fortnite in it. And it, you know, this is an early, early access game, not completed. We saw seven, uh, seven, days, to, seven days to die. The yes. console slash we saw the console version of that come out and it was actually a lower uh, uh, version number than the PC, which was still early access. And they were selling that as a complete game. We're starting to see this a lot. And I, and I can see why some people are bothered by it. I would say to me, this is my version of Rainbow Six Siege. But instead of me liking it, I'm like the other people who were like, eh, it's not really for me. Mm-hmm. And so maybe when they upgrade it and improve it all be the person who turns around and says oh wow this is a better game than on launch but for me right now 
there was I just didn't there wasn't anything fun about it. Like that's what was weird is I got in with some friends. We had an okay time, but it wasn't a time where all of these other oddities weren't didn't bother me anymore, which I think is how you want usually things to work out, which is where it's like, okay, we got some roughness here, but here's our and I was just for a little while. I was like, oh, wow. And then it just dived. And I think also. Dreamcast guy again, if you guys get a chance. I know Maddie's seen him before. Mm-hmm. He's uh, another YouTuber. He did a review. Some people don't like some of the ways he said certain things about the game, and I totally get that, but he covered the fact that the weapons just degrade and you can't repair them. And, and so it's a constant loop of either grinding materials or buying into those. And I could... You know, if, if Maddie called me tonight and said, hey, we're going to play, and I looked at my guns, and I was like, oh, shit, this gun's going to break. I can spend eight hours grinding or $1 buying the gun. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, man. We'll have to see how that all works because it feels yeah. like a Pavlov's dog kind of thing where they're like, we'll just ring the bell a little bit and hope Carrick purchases the horse armor. <laughs> so a little yeah, nervous no, about you're those. You're right. And I, I've only put about an hour and a half into it. So that, those are just – these are really more uh, initial impressions for me. Same um, with me. Yeah. And so I got to – You could be wrong. I definitely got to – well, it's not even that. I, I have to see more of that repair system because what you just said didn't even know about that. Didn't know that my oh, shit okay. broke. I thought once I, re- I built it, I upgraded it, I thought it was there to stay. No, they go away. That's and hilarious. That's, he's he's got some. He's got some. And I and, and all I get those it. pre-order items they promote. All these weapon packs they promote that yeah. you get can fucking break. That's amazing. Yeah, that's and so I don't know funny. if it's everything or if it's just the weapons. Like, I, but because I, I think schematics are used uh, the moment yeah. you you play the get you build them. If I remember right, but he 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 had some really good points and and some points that no one's really arguing. They're just like you know. It's one of those situations where it's Zelda all over again. Hmm. Like, Graham Cracker World, are you okay with that? And in Zelda, I am, even though I don't like it, but I'm more okay with that because there's no option to purchase out of it. Yeah. When that option to purchase out of it comes up, then I need to look at, like, the fairness of the grind rate, which is a huge deal. Like, what's what's the grind rate for somebody Hmm. to get a gun? You know, or to do this thing. So, and I could be wrong on a lot of that too. Well, I'm not wrong on that stuff because I mean, people played it and said it. But what I mean is, I could be wrong in my assumptions. And once I play it, go, you know what? That's okay because you're going to be, you know, it just it just won't matter. But it is weird when you have a gun. But you know, I feel this way. I don't like durability in games. I, I'm sorry. I mean, I've shot guns. All, I have guns that are fucking from 1816 and shit, and they fucking still shoot. So it's like, <laughs> right? You're not going to have a, a sword mm. fall apart after five hits. I hate, I love Dead Island, but I hated that mm. in Dead Island. You know, a crowbar that fell apart after, t- you know, two or three zombie hits. Yeah. It, it has to make sense, man. And Fortnite could have been better having the durability and the, and the, and all that stuff built just around forts. Yeah. Like, do that around those. And then and make they do the- have that, but it's like, why put that around the weapons? Exactly. Especially because it takes a lot to make them. That's, yeah. I mean, I, I get the idea of on paper durability in, in gameplay sounds good because it's this additional gameplay tension where, you know, your favorite weapon, you better get a repair kit fast. But when it disappears permanently, that's when it's like, why did I work for that when it was just going to go away no matter what? You know, it, going into something knowing it's going to be gone, like what entices the player about that? A temporary satisfaction? Like, no, it's... Yeah, it's, it's going to be that. odd to see how it sort of rolls out for people 
who want to, and there's different types of gamers. There's like, is it you and I where we jump in? Maybe we're not going to be able to return to it, so we're going to play it for 40 to 60 hours mm -hmm. and then not return too often. Is it going to be people who play one hour a week, like Overwatch, like you used to do, where it's yeah. like, okay, I'm playing this night. Is it going to be somebody who is going to wait till a bunch of content's out and get it for free and then look at the purchasing? It's an odd game in that mm -hmm. way. And I think the oddity is unfortunately magnified by the UI and the, the complexity and just the weird... As Reg, one of the guys said, he was like, it, it's like every good idea and bad idea, they didn't remove. They just left in. And they'll just and, fix it all after. Yeah, and you're like, you can upgrade this, but this. And and I even had somebody tell me a big news, which I didn't know. They're like, some upgrade they were talking about. They were like, no, 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 don't don't upgrade your schematic too far because it'll go past where you can use, past where you can build it because the items you need, you can't get. And I saw like 80 responses going, oh, fuck. Like, I, like it, and, and some people say, well, those people are stupid. They didn't see it or there was a warning, whatever. But the fact is, if there's that many people, again, usually that's HUD confusion and, and a UI confusion issue. Absolutely. There's too much data. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, I can attest to all of that personally. Yeah, it's it's. What did you what... think about the look, Maddie? Did you like the look, the cartoon look? Are yes. you? Okay? Yeah, I like that. I have to say. It's going to be interesting because what's going to happen with this game is they're getting their money now for the title. And I'm, I'm imagining they're going to reinvest into the game, make it really good. And then they're yeah. going to have this full game that goes free to play. That really wasn't really a free to play game. But when it launches and it's accessible to all players, it's going to be the, the best version of the game at that time. And then yeah. people are going to come in for the first time. It's fucking awesome, and buy the microtransactions that are in there. Yeah, it's like that's going to be a fucking weird situation. Like, what? It is reversed. If you look at early access, yeah, it is. It is exact, and and in a way, I sort of like yeah. their idea. Like I like their idea, which is to see if the opposite works. If mm -hmm. let's see how is, fucking dumb <laughs> we can. Well, yeah, I mean, it depends on what they give the gamer. Like if I if if you tell me a game's coming free, Star Wars, which we both played. That was paid and then also free, and now it's paid and free, depending on what you want to do, right? And I don't really like they're free because you have to pay to fucking adjust, like, toolbars in that game. Mm -hmm. Like, it's UI yeah. that you're paying for. But if they do it intelligently and they really reward people who pay up front, not just in gameplay, but they really reward them, then I'd be totally fine with that. I just haven't seen it yet. All I've seen is that it, it does cost money and it seems to be fairly chunky. Yeah. Um earliest access i guess you know yeah. it's a little early that's the thing yeah earliest access is the best way of putting it because for a pardon me early access game looks fine uh for me and when i say look i mean graphically um i'm playing on ps4 runs fine i haven't had any mm -hmm. frame rate dips or anything plays fine you know it, it's a functioning game you know it's yeah. like and because I just played uh, a game that I'm going to be uploading on the channel in a couple of days, Citadel Forged with Fire, that's fucking early access. You know, you can see the – when I think early access, I see a game that you can look at, see the potential, and go, whoa, this could be really good, but it's pretty feature-bearing. Is that um, an MMO? Kind of, yeah, like a sandbox RPG, okay. uh, 20 bucks Steam early access right now. Right. Right. It's well, like what would you? Skyrim oh, meets well, Harry Potter. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, I don't want to. I got some codes here. I'll probably give away because I didn't mm -hmm. get a chance to jump in. Um, 
so without giving away, I thought it looked interesting because I liked the idea of the Harry Potter kind yeah. of world. Uh, was that part I of liked, it? I, yeah, cool. I mean, I don't mind because you know we're at the end of the show. You know, the most loyal listeners stay. Yeah, the most loyal listeners stay this long. They deserve the the reward. I say. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So for me, when it came to Citadel, I felt that um the ideas up front for it were good because what happened was as I was playing this game, I was discovering for myself. It's there's really no tutorials because once you spawn. There's some, like, knowledge stones, and when you look at them, they'll give you tips like press I to open your inventory, press K to open your skill section, all that stuff. And from there, you know, you pick up a stick and you'll get 10 XP, and then you'll pick up, like, a rock, you'll get 10 XP. So you get XP by looting the environment, which I've never seen before, and then you level up. And you're like, okay, well, now what? So you go to your skills. Oh, if I pick um, the, the, the wands... I can take that rune stone I found and that piece of wood I found and make, you know, make a wand that I can shoot spells out of. Oh, I can spend this skill point on this spell. I'll attach it to my wand. Now I can shoot more spells out of my wand. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a lot of resource management, so you can tell it's a fucking early access game. So you can find uh, yellow vines. You take those. You turn them into cloth. You take that cloth. You make cloth <laughs> armor. Yeah. And then there's Orc. enemy camps, <laughs> there's caves to explore. Right. It's a very, uh, it's intriguing, because like I said, you were discovering it on your own. The game wasn't telling you, so while it was this standard run-of-the-mill early access shit that I can't stand of collecting and crafting, it was more intriguing because I was figuring it out on my own. And then I realized what they're going for with this game, because it's supposed to be sandbox, so the fun is kind of made dynamically. And so there was this one point in the video I'm uploading where I walk up to this guy's house because there's a, a building mode. You just press B and you have you take from your resources. You can build whatever. And right now it doesn't serve more of a purpose other than building because um, you're not really defending from anything. I think you can use your homes as like a place to recharge your mana and your health and stuff amongst sure. other things. Uh, so that could be useful. But when I sat down and looked at this guy's house, uh, his name was Burnt Cheese, and I was like, I was like, who the fuck is Burnt Cheese? Oh, I can't get into his house. Whatever. It's stupid anyway. Then I turn around. He's standing right there looking at me. He's like, you could tell. He was like, what the fuck's this guy doing at my house? And so then, like, you know, I, I step off and he, like, drops some stones in front of me. And I'm like, oh, so is he, like, just being a nice guy? So I take these stones and then he runs out into the wild. So I'm level three. He's level 12. I'm like, let me let me see what's going to happen here. So he runs into this dangerous area. I'm piggybacking him. And I'm, we're like, he's taking out these level 12 orcs. I'm helping him to, I'm, I say that in air quotes, I'm helping him. I'm really doing minimal damage, but I'm fucking piggybacking him and gaining XP from all this crap. And I'm leveling up and collecting all these resources. Then things start getting hairy. He gets triple teamed and I'm like, oh, I'm out of here. And, and, you know, that was the most fun I had was in this dynamic moment where I literally used this guy. He, he gave me his stuff. I took it. I helped him out to the best of my abilities. But once he was getting swarmed and about to die, what can I do? I'm nine levels lower than him or, or eight levels lower than him. So what am I supposed to do? So I'm like, I got to run now. So I run away and then I take all the resources I got. I'm like, mm, da, 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 da. I'm just building shit now. And, and so, like I said, it was that dynamic nature of the game that was yeah. really fun. So when I wrapped it up, I was like, yeah, I could see where this game can be fun. You know, I wish they had kind of like an initial tutorial or, or some type right. of quest that gets you more XP because I feel like, it's the most jarring thing to find out that the first thing it levels you up is scooping a fucking stick up off the ground. Uh, really weird. 
And especially because the enemies you encounter at first are level 3 and 4, and they'll fucking kill you unless you level up to at least level 2 or 3, which Mm. I think kind of stagnates the gameplay. And there was Mm -hmm. no NPCs to interact with, no questing, just straight exploration and um, sandbox fun so instead of survival horror we'll call it survival harry yeah for harry exactly. potter survival harry yeah <laughs> so it, it's definitely uh it's it's got some promise i'd say uh one of mm. the few early access titles that i was like you know this is fun yeah and so sure i gotta say i liked it yeah it was good that's cool that's very cool i was actually very interested in it. i just didn't get a chance to check it out mm. in time but the idea of a if they do it right, the idea of an MMO in a Harry Potter world, I would fucking, I would yeah, absolutely. If I, if I hit level ten, I could build a broom and fucking fly it around. Like that I know level the of videos Harry they showed. Did yeah. you see the videos? Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, and that's the thing. I thought there would be NPCs and stuff, which would have. I, I really think At they probably should have waited. Initial exploration. I went to a couple of outposts in different quadrants of the world, and there was nothing. You just unlock fast travel. To they area. showed. They showed this video and. The, the fucking broom, like, scenes and different little parts they showed. I was like, oh, my God. Because yeah. it was traveling at a good clip, which I'm going to be honest, most MMOs, due to how they stream their worlds, never really travel very fast. Yeah. And so he was, like, on his broom on treetops in the video. And I was like, what the fuck? That's an MMO. I am going to be with my friends flying across the game world. Like, this is going to be the shit. Exactly, so yeah. Maybe that's, I'll wait. That's one thing. That's Yeah. yeah. It, because one of the weird things that you say that I, I think of is that I've never played in an MMO setting where I felt like I was in a single-player world. And yeah, that never. game, actually, I, I felt like I was in a single-player world. Obviously, I was playing by myself, so that's partially why. But normally, you'll see a bunch of NPCs standing around, players doing stupid shit. But, like, the the feeling of my first human encounter not being the NPC who was saying, like, greetings, traveler, and getting you XP, but another human. Reform, and, yeah. And, and, and seeing what that would do was like as rewarding as any quest in its own right. It's just That's how long cool. would that carry on for. So yeah, the game has potential and it's definitely got, it's, I wouldn't say unique set of things, but it, it makes smart usage of what it's taking inspiration from. That's very cool. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll definitely check it out. You're what was the video popping for that? Uh, I'm Wait. thinking Tuesday it's short download too. So if you got free time, no, 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 no. I meant your video. No, I'm talking. Yeah, I'm saying for the game though. If you have the code and you want oh. to try it, really quick download. When's quick your surprise. video coming out though? That you're Tuesday. covering it. Tuesday. Tuesday. Okay, I'll check that out. I'll yeah. check it out before I download it because I'll, I could if I don't see if, if I don't see the fun you you see, I'll just give the codes away. But what I like the idea of that free form human stuff. It's my first experience with an MMO was yeah. free form like that, oh, and cool. I think that's what got me into MMOs because it wasn't just what would the term be quest after quest after quest from npcs mm-hmm. like like most so yeah. what's it forged forged in C- uh, citadel forged with fire forged with fire yeah very cool really interesting title definitely one that i think for those who are in early access games because there are people who you know just play a yeah. lot of those you know it, it's one of the few early access styles I've, I've said keep your eye on if, if you're listening to this and you're thinking about spending 20 bucks on it wait but if you are intrigued. Keep your eye on it because I think after a few updates, this game will be something worth really looking that's, into. That's very cool. Yeah, but uh, that'll that'll do it for the show. We got all our news done. Very very good episode. We some we are such fucking chatterboxes. You know, there's two of us, and we we still manage to carry this on almost two hours. <laughs> we all we always will. Yeah. Like 
that's one of the reasons why I like doing them because it's just fun. It's fun to yak yeah. and 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 talk about games, get other people's like ideas. Speaking of that, I wanted to say go Burns. Uh, he's a YouTuber. I'll send Maddie the link, but mm. he's doing a walkthrough of the Mafia Three DLC right now. Okay, and he, he's he's sort of their one of their not official channels, but he's you know he knows them. It's the guy I mentioned last podcast with Lone when we were talking about the possibility of. Bioshock and okay. and who what what they're working on, um, but he's doing something awesome in his let's plays and and covering that it's very cool. But yeah, I mean that's the thing is like there's enough there's enough cool people for us to talk to mm-hmm. that and we get them on the. But if it's just you and I, we're, I mean hell, we could always fucking back out and start talking about Kotor. Yeah, I could, we yeah. could spend there's two no entire week, hours. Right. How long do we talk about Knights of the if, Republic? If somebody said, I challenge you to talk, and I mean this, I want to know your honest opinion. If somebody said, Carrick and Maddie, get a break, of course, that sit down and talk for a solid four hours of substantive KOTOR discussion, one and two, oh my could God. you do it? And I would say within a second. Yeah. Yeah. And make it fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we are chatterbox. We, we literally probably <laughs> just go on like order of planet to planet, narrative structure, characters, game. Okay, play. there we go. Yeah. We'll end it on favorite planet yep. in KOTOR 1. What's your favorite planet? Uh, Manon. Yep. Yep. See, that's a problem, though. We do agree. That is the problem, because occasionally we do agree too much because, you know, because well, we like the same things. Korriban could be Korriban close, close you, second. Really? Yeah. Korriban. Yeah. Do you know the one that bothers me a little bit? And I love Tarsus, or Taurus, Taurus, Tarsus, Tar, Taurus. Taurus. The first place, Taurus. Taurus. Um, and I know a lot of people don't. They mod it out. But what Kish- I love Kashak sort of bothers me, or Kashak or Kashak, the Wookiee oh, planet. Yeah, I, the, yeah. the Shadowlands. Gag, I, gag, gag. I I like Kashik. I the one I don't Thank like you. is um, I don't like the or, oh, not rather the I don't like, but um, the, it's the Dantooine area. It's just yeah. it's so slow, really, compared slow. to the rest of the game. And it's exciting for a first time or in a second time through because you're doing like whatever opposite playthrough. But when you're playing it again for like the fucking hundredth time, it, it, I love how I say it like that. Like, God, this game is getting annoying after a hundred times. But really, it's more so just that uh, that section is clearly weaker than everything else in the game, I feel. I, I actually agree with that. Yeah, for sure. What about um, the, the second one? Second one, favorite planet. Ooh, Duxon. Mine's the mysterious oh okay okay yeah 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 i just I, I well and i guess even one has one doesn't it no does one have one, one as well does, one two? yeah one does have the mysterious planet and then, I, for, I actually oh, forgot the name of it wait a minute maybe i maybe i messed up and one is the one with the mysterious planet one is the one with the mysterious planet i thought you were talking about uh, malachor five sorry oh i thought no. that's what you were talking um, about no um oh man mysterious planet i don't know why i like that planet so much but, Are we talking about one or two now? Uh, one. Okay. I, I want to jump back real quick. Yeah. One, probably because you can, if you're doing an evil playthrough, you can literally yes. fuck everything up. I think that's why I like it, <laughs> to be honest. I, but it was also oh. a surprise. I didn't expect to go there. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't, I was like, yeah, what are we, true. like, what? what's happening? And mm-hmm. then you land on this paradise sort of looking planet, New at least. And, and I was like, yeah, yeah, dude. Oh, dude. And it's end game. That's that's how much I like. It. I love the fact that it's in-game content that adds something completely new. It's not where you feel like you're on the downward slope. It's yeah. where you're on an upward slope of new content, and you're like, "What the fuck? More? Amazing. 
you know, yeah, yeah, very cool. I guess with yeah. two, I know you love it. I wasn't a huge fan, but um, two, the uh, the uh, industrial planet where you meet Goto or where oh uh, yeah, uh, it's not the Hutties. Oh, Narshada, yeah, Narshada, yeah. I, I like the stuff that happens with Kara or Kira, whatever the fuck. Um, and and her like some of the stuff she says to you and some of the things you start to figure out on that planet, but mm-hmm. not not a lot of that stuck with me as much as as number one. For me, it's Onderon. Onderon didn't stick with me all too much. The the initial murder oh, yeah. mystery and stuff that that was the one that I on Kotor two that I was like, this is cool. I like the political situation here, but like my friend brought it up in a conversation, I'm like. Dude, I know I preach how much I love this series, but fuck, I don't remember anything from that planet right now. That happens. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I get it. Your brain like, just sort of goes into autopilot. Yeah. And, and that's exactly what happened for that segment. I'm just like, nope, just can't even. If you told me to break down that planet, I could tell you ducks in the planet before that, but Onderon, nothing. That's so, yeah, that's weird. That's weird. Yeah. All right. We, this should have been the week we did it. Fuck. We fucked up. <laughs> this should have been we the week we done the KOTOR thing. Oh, oh, oh. Because not gotcha. here. Yeah, we'll throw well, them off I, for a week. No, we'll do it with Lone here. We'll be like, "Listen, bitch, you're yeah. just gonna sit down." He keeps skipping out on us. I tell you, <laughs> I tell you, the, the life and times of a kangaroo. Yeah, they just, must be terrible. I'm just yeah, joking, he's Lone. Hopping out on us. I, I, yeah, yeah he's hopping out on us. He's, it sounds like out. a hopping out. It's like a fucking cheating kangaroo. <laughs> he's in the middle of the night. The dude's hopping out on us, sleeping <laughs> with other kangaroos. Um. Yeah, he uh, yeah he probably would not enjoy sitting there talking about it. But it is funny. I'm always surprised at some of the games he has and hasn't played too. Mm-hmm. Like he'll like when we'll be talking, we'll we just like, need I to haven't... get Rachel uh, to tell him what games to play because then she'll, yeah, exactly. he'll listen. Apparently, <laughs> like she, she can tell him, and he'll be like, yeah. "Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am." Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, we're like, "Yeah, loan near near near's good. Near's really fucking good." Okay, guys. Yep, yeah, that's great. And then fucking Rachel, near's pretty good. All right, I bought it. You know, it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> you, you what? After four fucking months, you what? Yeah, that's awesome. Anyway, this is a great episode. Uh, if you listen this far, use the hashtag hopping out. Tweet at Carrick and I. Our handles are on screen. And uh, Carrick, thank you for, for joining me for such a lovely discussion. Yeah, as always, total blast, man. Good yeah. way to start a Friday. Hell yeah. yeah it's going to be a good weekend. So thank you guys so much for listening. And we will catch you in next week's episode. Peace out. Peace. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu.